Hello and welcome to Creative Riding Motorcycle Podcast, episode 130, oh my god, 139 I think. I wasn't keeping track. Uh, Wiggins is, is in the house. Really? Yeah. It's either, it's, it's uh, 130. Have yeah. I even been here for any of the 30s? <laughs> it feels like you haven't, but you were. Uh, yeah, you haven't been here for a hot second. Wiggins yeah. is in the house. Tonight's going to be the Wiggins show, so I'm going to chill out oh, yeah. and shut up and let Wiggins uh, do all the talking. I hope you have questions to ask. Yeah. All right. If not, it'll be a short show. (laughs) Is that your sign-off? Great. That's your sign-off. All right. And with that, let's get into this week's episode. have been luckily gone together for a little while. For so. some of it, yeah. <laughs> so hey man, it is episode 139. Uh, we're bridging on 140 here. That's we're getting up there in the numbers. And uh, Wiggs is back in studio. Wiggs, listen, we haven't seen you in a while. It's God, been a few it's weeks. like three weeks. Maybe. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, you were here briefly, and then you had a bail and you went to Germany. But man, then I was out of town, and we were both yeah. out of town like congruently. I was not in Germany. I think that was even before Germany. Yeah. Or you were out of town before. Yeah, I went out of town twice. Yeah, and then we were both out, and then I don't know. It's yeah. A, I don't even know what day <laughs> it is The summer's right been now. a whirlwind, a flash it's, whirlwind. It's been crazy. I have not worked a five-day work week since <laughs> the last week of May. Living the dream. <laughs> I think it's a dream. If you want to become a, a professional motorcycle do-dadder and not work... <laughs> No, Chris has you, got you some don't tips. want to do that because no one pays you to not work. That's true. Hey, I didn't think about that. How you been getting paid, buddy? Not normal. Yeah. Like, <laughs> go to Field Initiative Knives on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Buy uh, 700 knives. Yeah, it's been... I, I mean, it is living the dream, but it's like you... You have to look at a lot of stuff when, when bills come around, and you're like, ah, everything's uh, tight. Got to sell my kid. You just had your lovely kid, and now you guys are looking at uh, trading her in and selling yeah. her. Um, hey, I wanted to ask you, because we barely got to talk to you after X Games, and we did find out about X Games. Then you bailed off to Germany. What the hell did you do in Germany? Uh, not a lot. I mean, not a lot for me, but I did get to drive the shitbox rental car on the Nürburgring. Oh, yeah. I know. I saw that, and I was like jealous and i did look up some i tried to look up some lap times i, I think i Mine i may like, have been way off it was like 14 minutes yeah <laughs> actually it was close to 14 minutes for that car for yeah. sure i told you when i was when i played it i was riding spamala so that's why it took me 14 <laughs> minutes to do it but uh yeah spamala might have been faster than that car <laughs> i look like i look pretty fun was it what was it a Citron minivan oh, right. station wagon hybrid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was disgusting. <laughs> it was gross. You could have just said a European hatch, and I would have. What? Oh, I could have checked the. <laughs> the thing is, so we had like a Peugeot wagon, like you know, just a cheap, but whatever. And the guy's like, "Oh, you have a lot of bags and a kid. Let's upgrade you." And we're like, "Cool, we'll get like a Beamer wagon." No, we got this shit box. He's all, "No, no, I'll upgrade you European style." Yeah, it sucked. Because, like, everyone there, like, everyone has badass station wagons. Oh, yeah. It's fucking rad. Yeah. The, I hate American cars. Yeah. And I hate the cars that we import. Like, 
there's nothing cool. No. Like, in a, a BMW 5 Series Touring is rad. Yeah. And then they all, not all, a lot of them tow trailers with their car. Yeah. Like, almost every car had a hitch on it. And, dude, we saw, I swear, 20-foot-long caravans or, like, campers behind a station wagon. Yeah. Like, behind their fucking car. They don't need... I saw five full-size pickups. Yeah. It's how we used to do in the 70s when you would get the old family station wagon and basically hook a fifth wheel to it, kind you know, yeah. kind of, and go, go down the road because they all had V8s. But now they don't have V8s over there, but, I mean, they got power, you know, and they got... Uh, Good, good bearing still, grease in the wheels. Yeah, so. and the, they weren't huge, huge. Like, dude, we have, like, you know, I think max here for a, for a hitch is 30 foot. They might not have been 20 foot. Yeah. But they were, there were a few pretty large ones. A lot of them were probably 12 feet long. Yeah. You know, but. Just enough to get you by in a you know, caravan I, park. A couple were probably 20 feet, though. Yeah. But there's also a big difference between a 20 foot trailer and a 30 foot trailer. <laughs> But still, it was just, they were all towed them with their cars. Some yeah. of them little cars. You just, they, first of all, the roads are pretty good. Like, our roads suck. Um, although Germany, Germany got to the point where it wasn't like, oh, I wonder if there's going to be construction today. It was like, oh, I wonder how many kilometers I'm going to go until I see construction again. Yikes. Like, it became a bad joke by the time we got out of Germany. And I'm just like. It was like New Jersey, New Germany. Well, I get, you know, they brag about German engineers and either they have too many that don't have anything else to do or the German engineers that are good work on cars because their civil engineers are horrible. <laughs> but I will say, though, the um, the semis, like when there was traffic and construction and, and accidents, the semis would, weren't allowed to pass each other. Oh, so yeah. we went through one section where the whole right lane was just all semis. Like getting yeah. on and off the freeway was hard. But yeah. once you were on, there were two lanes of cars that were moving pretty decent, even yeah. though there was an accident, ended up being up ahead of us. And it, it slowed down as we got closer, but the traffic was so much better. Yeah. I don't know about the whole United States, but in California, especially going up hills, there's a lot of lot more hills here than I think people know. Like going up any up and down the 15 and up and down parts of the 5 inland. Yeah. Yeah, you get some semis, and they want to pass each other, and they like – it might be only a three-lane road, and now yeah. the two of them are full of one's doing 60 and one's doing 67. <laughs> or like, 62. Or 62. It, yeah. it takes 15 miles to pass. Yeah, there's the definitely a lot of that. And then people are also very respectful of the left lane. Like, you yeah. do not. It's a passing lane. It's not it's a driving only lane. Only a passing yeah. lane. Unless you're doing, unless. So I learned this after I got back. I thought the Autobahn was a section of the freeway. It's not. The entire freeway is called the Autobahn. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the Autobahn has unmarked speed limits. And in the States, when it's unmarked, or in California, it's like 55. In Germany, when it's unmarked, like it's unmarked, you go as fast as you want. Yeah. We were just like, oh, I haven't seen a speed limit sign in a long time. I don't know why. And as a Lambo blows by you at like 200 miles an hour? (laughs) No, a fucking Audi or Beamer wagon. Yeah. (laughs) Or Mercedes wagon doing like 175 kilometers, just like trucking down the freeway. Just woof. But... I don't know. So that was like, it was cool to see like how. Like 175, isn't that only 80 miles an hour? <laughs> it's close. <laughs> I don't how know, respectful I don't know. their drivers were of the left lane and of passing and stuff yeah. like that. But I will say too, it was surprising um, how many people in the right lane were not do the speed limit. Like speed limit was 120 or 130 kilometers. Like the people in the right lane, like one, the caravans and trailers all had to do 100. 
but I would see people in cars like doing a hundred or doing yeah. eighty, and you're like, I think what, that's roughly equivalent on? to like fifty-five or sixty miles an hour. So it's yeah. kind of equal to the fifty-five towing. Yeah, that we have here <clears throat> because the uh, a lot of the freeway speeds were one twenty and one thirty, which is in the crap box we were in. It would do one thirty pretty easy. So one thirty is probably about seventy. Yeah, yeah, so around there. But there were definitely ones breaking a hundred mile an hour in the left lane, yeah. like it was nothing. Nice. Just like driving on the 15 between uh, Temecula and San Diego. <laughs> like if you get, if it's not doing zero miles an hour, it's doing like 120. Yeah, um, yeah dude, that and uh, the Nürburgring, that would have been, even in a little shitbox, that would have been a dream come true for me just to yeah. see the spray paint on the road. Yeah, you know. it was just epic to to be there and see the cars lined up. Like the, the mix of cars was cool too because I thought it was going to be like all Porsche race cars. Um, <laughs> it was cool. There was like, uh, I got passed by an MK1 um, Ford Escort. There was uh, R32 and R34 GTRs. Um, definitely a lot of Porsches. I didn't realize how loud all that was until you shut it off. Yeah. I only saw one Ferrari on the ring, but um, it was cool. And just like some cars flying. And I was trying, but I was also trying to stay out of the way so I wasn't hitting all the good lines. But it was cool. It's like 35 bucks. It's 30 euro to take a lap. So it's kind of pricey. Like you wouldn't just sit there and drive it all day. But I looked out the day I went, the only day I could go, it was open an hour and a half. And I went and I bought a ticket at the front, like main thing. And Nürburgring, by the way, the racetrack and everything right there is super, super nice. But it's like, it's kind of open <clears throat> where I feel like a lot of tracks in the States, like if nothing's happening, there's nothing there. Yeah. Um, and of course, I mean, with all the cars and with the Norskleif there that people are driving on, you know, you have a lot of pedestrian traffic and a lot of people participating at the track that day. And they had a race earlier also, but so I went and got my ticket. Um, I went and got in line and then like right when I get up to where I'm going to get on the track, like they start taking us this other way. So we like, I get another line and it's not moving. And then I see... Like, across this little field, the original line I was in start moving. I'm like, oh, man, I don't want to get out of line. (laughs) So I ended up, I got out of line, I got in the original line, and then it took, like, another 10 or 15 minutes waiting in line and got on the track. And what's crazy is, like, it's literally, I guess, a toll road. So you, like, pull up. There's, like, three little gates. You scan your card or you can get the app or whatever. It'll scan your app and just charge your credit card. And you do a lap. And then you pull off and you don't have to go all the way off if you have more than one lap. So since I bought two laps, so I like I pull off, scan my card for a second lap in this shitty Citroen. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, when I got it, had like 2000 kilometers on it. It had been rented like once or twice. Wow. It was brand new. And I'm like driving it around. Fresh tires. I feel like the rear of the car stepping out a little bit. And then it would hit like one of the front outside, like the front outside tire would hit the wheel well. (laughs) And then I'd feel the car like kind of stop. And I'm like, what the fuck? And the traction control lights flashing at me. I hate that. And then it'd kind of take off again and I'd do the same. But yeah, so you like, I pulled on, 
did my two laps. And then when I went to pull off, they like track was closed. So I got super lucky on time that I got wow. in both laps. Yeah, yeah. If not, I would have came back with a card with a lap on it. Like, yeah. what the fuck do yeah. I do with this? Gonna, uh, hey, hon, we got to fly to Germany again so I can <laughs> yeah. use this. But rent a better car next time. That, um, that's weird. And, and I know that there's like a, I know that there's actually like a road course portion that is not, I've, they, they changed it where when you, come around one part it's um part there's like grandstands and pits and everything where there didn't used to be like a lot of it used to be out mm. in so the wood, you know there's like, kind of two tracks there now yeah there's yeah. a i think they just call it the gp circuit yeah which is a modern normal style yeah it's got like uh and that has a lot of grandstands around it that's where like all the buildings are kind of built around mm-hmm. um and then that's where the modern pit and everything is I was on what's called the Norchglyph or Norchglyph. Yeah, that's the like old that. one. Yeah, that's the old loop, and you can, it's connected. I think you can do a full loop, but it's not connected very well. It's literally pretty well two separate tracks, yeah. and they still race on the old track too, but not very much. Yeah, like I'm pretty sure that's where uh, Senna passed. Like, mm. there's a lot of like yeah. F1 drivers that yeah met their destiny <laughs> Their final uh, fate, a lot yeah. of motorcycle racers they used to race bikes on it yeah but it wouldn't be that good for racing bikes yeah it would be good it would be a really good alternative to isle of man you know yeah <laughs> it'd be a little safer than that but that's really about it it's not like it's, there's no runoff yeah there's a lot of crazy elevation change yeah. it's not very wide yeah um it was pretty smooth i think but i've only played it in video games but it all of that comes into play. Like, well, and it's no, it's super hard there too, and driving it because you can't. There's like 73 turns, like you can't yeah. remember them all. Yeah, where like a professional driver will study a track and study corners and like know what to expect every time. They might not be able to see around it all the way, but they know. Yeah. And they're like, you can't memorize 73 lap like yeah. 73 corners in this crazy yeah. track. I I can't tell you how many hours of tourist trophy I played, which was like when. I don't. I haven't played a modern motorcycle game, but that was one of the best. The same people that made Gran Turismo made Tourist Trophy. That like to this day, I think is one of the best. Yeah. Ones. Oh, it was so fun. And, I got uh, the new Rossi one, and I never really played it much. Yeah. I I don't. It was know. a pain in the ass to do the flat track ones, like to go to them and do them. Yeah. And the best flat track one is the Rossi Ranch, and it oh. won't let you just do the oval. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. you can be Guy Martin, and that's rad. Nice. Uh, see, I want to do. I want to get one of these new fangled games and see how it compares. Because I know if I went back and played TT, like it would just look like Atari to me, oh, yeah, or right? like an old Nintendo, right? You're gonna see like. Um, but I, I was gonna say real quick, uh, the amount of hours that I've played during G. Grand Turismo and Tourist Trophy, there's still a section of the Nurburgring that I always struggle with yeah. after playing hundreds of hours of that game and trying you know, to memorize that track. And there's like sections. So before I went, I played it on Forza a bunch like the week before when I figured out I was like going to be able to do it. And even now, like I went back and played it a couple of times when I got home. And there's like sections where I'm like, I don't really remember this section. And yeah. it's kind of a what I went like not a big section but like there's a section where it kind of opens up and then there's like kind of swoopy little like downgrade yeah it go, totally does it go downhill back and section. forth yeah and then it go it, there's like a right-hander uphill to a left-hander and then you do like another turn and then there's that long straightaway right is that the part that's like go? towards the very end yeah because the, the long straightaway is where you get on and off yeah but that section that sounds real familiar, but the section I'm thinking of is like more like halfway through like first first thirty, forty percent of the track. Yeah. And like 
I don't really remember driving that section. Yeah. But again, there's there's so many cars like just flying by where I, I'm always like checking my mirrors and yeah. make sure I'm like because I wanted to be out of the way. Like I didn't want to get rear-ended by a dude in a Porsche going three yeah. times my speed. <laughs> um, the car I was in was such a turd. I never got out of third gear. Wow. Um, and it was also like the tranny. The first, second, third was so spaced out that there was no corner slow enough to need second. There was like one where I would try it and it was like, and it would just rev out all of a sudden. Like, yeah. and I'm like, well, that sucks. Was so it I a just stick stated too, it. Was, yeah. yeah. Everything over there. Like, it's real hard really? to get an automatic. Yeah. Wow. Uh, what was that? Like, what was that driven? Stick. Remember the Volkswagen ad for uh, Farfignugan, the joy of like you love driving? Like, over here, you, you have to like beg to get a stick. Over there, they're like, we only have the stick. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm looking to get a German stick. Yeah. My God. Hey, woohoo. Hey, let's keep the show clean, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's rad. And uh, I mean, for me, that'd be bucket list. And playing a track on a video game and doing it in real life, way, I mean, already, yeah, already sure. way different, but still, like, the but fact that's, that you got to go do it. That's actually part rad. of what made it cool, though, is that, like, you play it in the video games. And because, I mean, I think for us, like, you don't see it on TV. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. You see it in a couple movies, but they don't really talk about it. Um, and I think it, it is legendary more at least to our age and younger, like more because of video games, like obviously the amount of people that have perished and the reasons they don't do Mm. the races, Mm -hmm. but all the races that they have had there, um, make it legendary. And that's why it's in a video game. But like, how many tracks do you see in a movie or TV or a video game that you can go hop on? Yeah. So, yeah, you know what? I haven't seen a race there. I mean, the last race I saw there was when speed vision was still a channel we're talking like late '90s, probably. Yeah. And they were doing like the uh, like the uh, CLK, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, the yeah, GT yeah. cars. And one of them, it's when they first. Oh, is that came when, out, when the one flipped? Flipped. Yeah. Is that where it was off into the trees? That was yeah, the, coming that down was that there, little yeah. thing at the North Cliff. And that's actually one of the problems with the track. Like as the cars got faster, same with Isle of Man and the bikes and some of the British. I don't know what the British racetrack is where the bikes always jump. Oh yeah, uh, I want to say like Brands Hatch or something like that. It might be. I've played that one. I don't remember much elevation, but maybe. Um, I'll think of it. You keep talking. I'll think of it. <laughs> but it's gonna come to like me. that's what's kind of trippy about that track is because as the speeds went up, it got more and more and more and more dangerous. Like I'm sure it was sketchy in the. I think they said they built it in 23 or 29. Yeah. So like I'm sure then it was okay, but cars were doing like 50 or 60 or 80 or whatever miles an hour, and now they're doing 200. And there's no runoff. Yeah. You make a mistake. Like I was also like YouTubing videos of people doing laps and stuff. And they took a someone took a McLaren P1 out and like set a record. And you can see the car just like moving and bouncing over the track. And it's just like that's sketchy. Yeah. Because again, like that Mercedes that backflipped, because they all run flat bottoms because yeah. they're better for downforce. But when they come off the ground, they're yeah. a fucking piece of plywood. They were basically, he was coming down a hill and the front wheels, he basically wheelied like you do at yeah. Isle of Man, you know, over the yeah. bridge and stuff. And yeah, air got underneath. But the old cars, like the auto unions and stuff would be running, like in the 20s, they were still running like 150 miles an hour, but they were shaped like airplane wings or something, like reverse. So like it was really, they didn't have that. Yeah. They were shaped more like the belly pan shapes. 
Yeah, yeah, like that the old, too. old sprint cars of that, which the Formula One and the sprint cars were the same at that time. Yeah, and, and like in the 1920s, they didn't have aerodynamic. They were fooling with it in the non-30s yeah. and 40s. So, I mean, they got like these weird, like, they look like, <laughs> they were all sheet metal, so they look like yeah. airplanes without wings, but yeah. they didn't have that quite developed where you're a flying wing yeah. now doing 200 miles I guess miles they an would hour. do... They would definitely do over 100. They were still fast They had like cars. big V12s and shit yeah. and V16s. And, and super sketchy tires yeah. and suspension and brakes. <laughs> like the skinny of a tire <laughs> doing like 500 miles an hour. Yeah. I yeah. love watching like all the way up through like the 60s or something. Mm-hmm. They ran those little tires. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they went like super yeah. huge like what looked like. But they still had treads. They never really went slicks until. Yeah. Hey, speaking of, uh, speaking of which, I just saw a really cool race car display this weekend that you would have dug it was uh, yeah where was that at i saw some lion air museum and they had this crazy i thought it was a ferrari but it was an alfa romeo i was Mm. like dude totally look at the ferraris that ford built the or shelby built the cobra coupe for and uh they had some of dan gurney's cars there which i was like crazy they and they were the wide tire ones you know what i'm saying like that was right in that era when they went to the big old meats from the little formula well, and Dan Gurney had a lot to do with the Shelby too. Yeah, the Daytona. There was a there was a um, Shelby Cobra, but it wasn't the like the Daytona coupe. It was like one of the um, AC style yeah. Cobras. And there was one more uh, Shelby something or other that there was there too. That was like the beginning of a Roadster. And it was really crazy looking. Yeah, hmm. it was pretty cool. And then they had like a Porsche Speedster. They had a whole bunch of stuff from like the sixties. Yeah. Uh, there that was it was rad at a motorcycle and and airplane museum really crazy <laughs> right <laughs> so but um yeah dude uh and also this weekend was crazy you were uh you were at glendale harley i was down at the lion and i was supposed to go over to oc harley but or uh yeah orange county um oc i uh, oceanside no orange county but there was also Dirtquake this weekend. I totally forgot that that was happening. No. Oh, yeah. Dirtquake UK was yeah. this weekend. Yeah. Dirtquake was happening. It was at a different track this year, too. It wasn't at King's Land. Yeah. It was just outside of London. They got either bought or sponsored by Bike Shed or something like that. Well, they got bought by a TV station. Okay. That's why the one part of the reason the one in the U.S. was not called Dirtquake. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because the wild one just happened, like, if it wasn't this last weekend, the weekend before or something like that. Like, it was... It was the weekend before yeah. X Games, I think. Oh, before X Games. Okay, I thought it was just, like, the weekend before last. Yeah, I think it was right before X Games. Yeah. Like, this last weekend was... I was looking... By the way, thanks Instagram for showing me everything on Sunday that happened on Saturday. Like that whole out of chronological <laughs> order is some bullshit. I was trying to find all sorts of stuff, and I was like, "Oh, look at this! There was a bunch of rides." I was gonna. Oh, this actually, is so cool! Oh, it was yeah. posted four days ago. Yeah. Thanks Instagram. I was actually gonna write a bunch of stuff down to talk about because I was so pissed off come Sunday. Yeah. Flipping through and like, oh, we had such a good time at this, and I was like, oh my god, there's so much stuff that I didn't mention because on Friday it wasn't sh- gonna show it to me until. Saturday anyway yeah. so it was just it's crazy but there was a hell of a ton of stuff that went on there was a Harley night at Costa Mesa too yeah and uh that that went down on Saturday night correct? Saturday yeah yep. so that was happening Saturday uh fill us in on the Sportster Stomp how was how was that that was really cool um uh, it was kind of small this year uh the show part only had like 12 or 15 bikes but it One was of the just, most important ones that was there though right oh uh, mine didn't get judged we left it out oh no <laughs> But it was still, uh, still. Uh, yeah, we could have, we could have put it in. It might have won best paint. I yeah. So that tank, but um, I wouldn't have voted for my own though. So, but there were plenty of other judges. 
Um, but it was funny, like myself and this girl. It would have won, guys. He's being we, modest um, right now. We judged, and it was funny because ours were all similar. And I, we were also like talking about them too, but like our styles were similar. And then they had like the band judge and a couple other people judge. And someone that myself and this other girl that were like the main two judges, but ours counted all the same, um, voted for. Like we didn't vote for this bike at all for best of show and it won best of show. Oh, no. <laughs> Wow. And I was just like, yeah. It was just... You're like, our styles are not me- well, meshing with everybody there else. were like two bikes that were like show bikes. And that was definitely one of them. I just wasn't a fan. Yeah. And to me, the person was really confused on what they were trying to do with it. Uh-huh. Had like this Dyna-style fairing with this little Frisco-style tank with a little cafe-style tail. Hmm. And I'm just like... you. It was a cultural melding of the styles was, or something. Yeah, confused hipsters what it was. <laughs> Did it have a brown whatever. seat? Uh, Did it top it off with the brown it may seat? have. <laughs> I'm not going to give away much more because it's really easy to give away which one it was. <laughs> but, um, and then there was another one that was like just like low with low bars and fancy paint and the frame had been painted and I was like, yeah, whatever. I gave like my pick for best paint was there was this one that had a totally stripped raw paint that was like kind of or like raw tank that was rusty and i was i picked that one for best paint i didn't take spamula there <laughs> it was it was similar yeah um but no it was a good time i mean and it was cool to see uh the support of the sporty stuff and to see the shop kind of get behind it and you know the the sportster's probably not gonna be around much longer yeah which i'm bummed because really to me they could call that new custom a sportster even if they're going to use that motor and other platforms, like why not just say, "Hey, the Sportster's going to be water cooled, but it's still going to be a Sportster." Yeah. But whatever. I don't work for Harley, so it's not on me. <laughs> Maybe they will. Who knows? Maybe they will. Uh, the yeah. dealer. Hey, the dealer show. Well, by now it's already happened, but uh, yeah. yeah, the dealer. When you guys show, are hearing it. It's happened. Yeah. So I'm going to be there two days ago. Nice. Yeah, it's gonna. It will have been live streamed two days ago. I'm sure everybody's paying attention to see what they're gonna be showing. Yeah, I don't know what I'm gonna be able to take photos or not take photos of, but yeah, they. It used to be like they would confiscate you because I I got to go to the first one down in San Diego in like 2006, and then uh, even back then it was like yeah we'll club you to death. Uh, yeah. If you take a picture, but now people live like in this. That was well, like and now Harley uses age. it as a release too. Yeah, yeah. So you know they kind of they're good with it. Like last year's dealer show and the year before is when they announced all the new soft tails and stuff. So it's like they just like let it rip. And it know? well, and then that was like Butcher's launch and the launch at the Peterson that I went to were oh, all yeah. like kind of the same night. Yeah. So they released them at the show during the day, told everyone don't take pictures, and then that night, like yeah. boom, here they yeah. all are. Because it used to be a big secret, and now, and then social media, you can't hide people's phones and cameras anymore. So, yeah. I don't know. I was on the commercial for the Soft Tails. They got hid until the release. Yeah, but there was how many guys? There's like 20 oh, yeah. guys or less. There were more one. guys watching us yeah. not take pictures yeah. than we were trying to take pictures. <laughs> yeah, the de- these dealer shows are pretty big. But, yeah, um, yeah you would have been an easy target for, you know, Mongo yeah. with the club. <laughs> But uh, also the Motor Bay Classic happened, and it did. Uh, that looked like a lot of fun. There it looked like there was some drama. It looks like it was fun for most. Most people, I saw and some drama and some bitching on the IGs. Well, but, uh, typical fashion with a thirty thousand dollar prize and fifteen hundred to win and a thousand dollar dash for cash. Uh, it was a shit show. <laughs> so typical RSD fashion. Nothing's changed. Um, I know Frankie Garcia, which he pulled his post down, so I'm sure there was some crying from people, but 
you know, he was honest. The flagman fucked up and he was upset about it. And I, I totally get it. Like the bottom line is the racers spend more money than anyone else. And they go to these events and the promoters have this attitude of like, well, I put this on for you. You should be grateful. No, fuck you. You should be grateful that the writers go and you should be fucking professional enough to run a good event. That's hands down. I don't care who you are, who you are, what your name is, what color your hair is. Run a fucking professional event. That's all there is to it. Now, I will say this. The difference between this and the Moto Beach Classic was he did have Western Flat Track run it, so I don't know what all the because like I know Randy usually runs a pretty tight ship. Um, so Garcia was upset, and then Debrino, I guess, was supposed to start on the back row and through some cluster fuckery and him just being a total dick, um, pulled up to the front row for the main. Um, and I saw did the, he win it too? Yeah, I saw the pass for the lead, and it looked fucking dirty. But again, when it's 1,500 to win, 400 for second, you're going to get dirty passes. Yeah, and you got to buy those uh, tires for the second half of the season in the singles, you know, the AFT Well, he probably won the dash for cash again. He should be fucking good on tires. And you're not going to wear out tires if you've only done three races. Man, yeah, I I didn't. I didn't tune into all that, but man, I, I just saw a little bit of drama and heard that things got heated. Yeah. And, uh, I, again, like, I did, you put so much money on top of it and make this big deal out of it, but your riders spend a lot of hard earned paycheck and the promoters of that event don't, they've never had to have a hard earned paycheck. So I don't think they get what it really, really takes to go do that stuff and how much money it – they don't have the same concept of money as you and I do. And the money that people put into the bikes and put into driving up there and put in the equipment, like it should get heated if people get fucked over because it's not well organized. Yeah. Or take all the fucking money out of it or spread it out to the top 15 or top 20. Don't give it to three people and you wouldn't have these problems. Yeah. And you probably wouldn't have people getting dirty and trying to do uh, all sorts of crazy stuff yeah, to get to the top. Wouldn't have that either. It looked like Mikey Virus was like third or something like that. Yeah, I think he pulled yeah. a third off. So, yeah. dude, I, I, the only thing I saw pictures of his boot, and it just looked like that he had. It just, looked like uh, he went all the way to his shoe. Dude, I saw his toe poking through. But I don't know <laughs> like why they weren't doing carpet and and cardboard like we do on the Coke syrup. Dude, I don't know. Like it wouldn't be as good as Coke syrup. For you know, but yeah. it would still be better than nothing. Yeah, I think they were on some hard concrete. No, they were. Yeah. They were for sure, and it would still wear through that. But you wouldn't want to put your rubber boot down, dude. I straight seen pink toe coming. Yeah, <laughs> side of that, and I was like, shit. I bet he started picking his foot up after yeah, that. Yeah, I know, I know. And uh, the moto, the cops, the the whole Jim Connor. I love watching those cop demonstrations where yeah. they turn those big old fucking honking Harleys through the cones and stuff, and to see Aaron Colton, who's a stunt dude, not go that much faster than uh one of the police that was on a uh he was remember do you remember when we saw the um the africa twin uh i think i don't think this is african it looked more like a klr but it still looked or maybe a bmw um you know like one of the sx but but it, it looked like a dual sport bike with the cop uh set up on it and they were chasing him through the cones and he wasn't that much i was like oh sport. that we saw at the um 
the show last year? At Long Beach, yeah. The, the RSD one? The Africa Twin one? When but, they when they interrupted the Honda speech to show off their bike? <laughs> yeah. That one? Yes, um, that one. That was an Africa Twin. Yeah, yeah. I think the one, I'm not sure if it was an Africa Twin or a KLR or what it was, but yeah. uh, they were chasing him down on a dual sport bike, and I was like, he wasn't that, I thought he'd be zipping through there, and they were quick. I mean, they, they practice all the time. Yeah, those guys are good. And yeah. when you watch their body position, um, their body kind of stays still Dude, and the bike amazing. moves. They know it's how to amazing. whip the bikes. And at that slow speed, those big bikes do pretty well. Yeah. So, you know, depending on how like someone like Aaron Colton went through it, if he's trying to lean with the bike, yeah. it's slower. Like yeah. those guys stay still and whip the bike. And it's amazing to see them. If they want to turn left, they'll turn even further right by like a quarter of a turn. So oh, yeah, they when lock they have it like the loop. And yeah. Tip it and it'll just turn that much tighter. It's yeah. like they apex it. Bef- I mean, they're yeah. thinking about it before they even turn. It's, it's crazy to watch. And watch where their head goes. Yeah. When they're oh, turning the bike. Dude, they're, yeah. they're looking behind them when they're not. Yeah. yeah it's, those it's guys incredible. are good. It's incredible. Have you I, ever watched. Um, the Japanese Moto Gymkhana. Yeah, yeah, I've seen. Like, there those. was the, my favorite was like a dude on a CBR six hundred, but he had like a sixty five tooth rear sprocket and moto bars, yeah. and he would just whip that thing. Yeah, yeah, I've seen a couple dudes like on some five hundreds, like GS five hundreds and stuff, and like those bikes are. It's just crazy how. I mean, God, those guys—they're—they're they're blasting through it. You know yeah. what I mean? And like, they're—they're they're damn near like on the ground, but the dudes are still upright. Like you yeah. said, they're counter leaning, counterbalancing, and all that stuff. So I thought that was a cool concept to do mo- uh, cops versus hooligans, just like a yeah. fun thing. No, that was for sure. Yeah. Neat. yeah, and it seemed like a pretty cool, uh, a pretty cool event from a spectator standpoint, as I'm sure they all are. You got art, music, and all that stuff. Brian Honeycutt uh, was up there. He message messaged me a few weeks ago and said hey man send me some stickers for i'm going to be racing in the 450 classes wig's going to be up here and i was like no he's not going to be up there um but he raced i don't know how he finished because i just saw his uh picture yeah, i saw today. a video of him today i think oh, okay. he uh he got into a guy trying to make a pass oh, and yeah. about crashed oh dang but i don't know if that was a heat or a main or what yeah i'll have to check in with him and see how he did but um and maybe one of these days we'll have him on the show he's I, we like talk all the time and i'm like yay but then we never offer him a how ch- far up north is he he's uh i want to say he's in san francisco okay Area. I'm not 100 percent sure. It'd be fun to do a track day and meet up with. Oh, him, dude, Button Willow. Oh, was probably. Yeah, or he, Sonoma. I really want to go all the way up and ride Sonoma. Yeah, and I think he's a track coach. Um, I'm pretty sure he's a track coach at uh, up there, maybe Sonoma or something like that, or, or uh, Laguna Seca. But he, he's got pictures of him. I mean, he's rides. He's been racing his Ninja and he's been racing his um, 450. But he's also got a picture of him. On his R twelve hundred GS, dragon knee like thumbs out and stuff yeah. like he's he's a badass rider, but he I'm curious to see where he uh, finished. And Liza sent me a pic of his front fender that had my sticker, and then right below it she put the Emma Army sticker. So I was like, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna be dueling for. I'm gonna send him eight hundred more stickers, Liza. <laughs> we'll see. We'll, we'll compete for real estate on his front fender. But, well, there's. There was only one podcast sticker I know of at X Games, uh-huh. so we got that going for us. Was it Riders on the Norm? No, just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know I, I'm stoked for all the stuff that's been happening. I just wish that uh, I could find it out. A lot of the sites that I use to research. Uh, upcoming events and stuff like that have crashed and Facebook and Instagram are owned by the same company so they're almost just as useless you know what I'm yeah. saying they're, they're hard as hell to figure yeah. out what's going on for sure I've been saving events left and right to 
where, like on Instagram, how you can save them, and on Facebook, you can add them yeah. to your page. So at the end of this show, I'll go ahead and pump some in there. And, and I uh, have two more events in the works. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So um, this weekend uh, was super, super fun. I'm glad that you had fun at the Sports Stomp. Was there a stunt show and stuff up there too? They did have a stunt show. They had a band. Um, they had some food. Um, little motorcycle show, speed merchant set up, and a couple other booths set up. So it was cool. Street tacos? Uh, they had Tommy's Burger. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. World famous uh, LA staple, Tommy's yeah. Burger. Um, if it, it's a something, but it is good. <laughs> it's a good drunk food. And I was sober, but. <laughs> oh, no. Dude, their chili is so good. Yeah. But it's like so thick. You and still greasy. have some in your beard. I probably do. Can I comb that out so and taste greasy. it? <laughs> um, you eat it and then just like beard whack. You're like, yeah, oh, I don't need. And to like eat 805 that. was there, uh, so it was good. Yeah, you know, it was a it was a cool event for the first year, and you know, hopefully they want to do it again and and see what all happens. But um, yeah, it was good. Yeah, that'd be definitely fun to go this weekend. Chock full, chock full of events and uh, yeah, lots of good events. Just had a, had, had a good time. Really been missing the wigs, dude. I'm I'm glad you're back in studio because um, I've been missing being here actually. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Once you once you uh, once you go studio, <laughs> you can't go studio. I don't know. I'll think of something funny and edit edit it in here. Once you're back behind this mic, you can't help but speak about a bike. But um, yeah, the reason I'm glad you're back is because I we needed to think of a new challenge, and I actually had a couple written down, and I didn't whip them out tonight, but. Uh, I can rough it to you here on the show, or I could uh, pause this. We could talk about it, but I think I'm just going to throw it out here. Flat track to single track to fast track. And we have to choose one bike. I was going to, and I was going to do the road track. So we had to choose one bike, but as, that won't work. Cause we, Supermoto. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, here's my idea. <laughs> Flat track. Cause we can just go to milestone. Right. And then single track, which is right up the hill behind it fast track we have to do a fashion show afterwards with bikes and whoever <laughs> loses has to speak in a british accent the whole next show uh, well or speak like a robot or like, in a funny voice. luckily for me i hope i can i can definitely win because i don't want to speak in an accent but you have to do it on your dyna <laughs> <laughs> and i gotta do it on spamla you can uh, take me I on still, the flat track i still think uh, yeah i still think actually i seen you no, you didn't have your Dyna at Twisted Throttles, did you? No, you didn't. Yeah, I did the drag race. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I was going to say, I seen you go up that hill on it. Maybe uh, maybe I'm biting off more than I could chew with this idea. Maybe I'll oh, think of another I idea. Did I Yeah, know. you did. I was riding it around a lot. You went up that, like, crazy, you, like, almost jumped it by oh, that yeah. trailer. That's right. And I was yeah. like, oh, maybe this is a bad choice. Maybe I'll rethink my challenge <laughs> now that I've thrown it out there. The flat track to, to single track to fast track. I think my only chance would be the fashion show. Sadly, and I might even, I'd probably even lose that. So I'll think of a different challenge. But if you guys have any ideas for us or you want to hear some new stuff, uh, email us creativewritingpodcast at gmail.com. Send your ask wigs to askwigs at gmail.com. Yeah, that one too. I haven't got uh, anything in a while. Yeah, you haven't. They all forgot I existed. Yeah, I know. And uh, or they were glad that I'm gone. I don't know which. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I've been getting a bunch of hate mail to that account sent to my forward to mine yeah, right? for some reason. I don't know why, but, um, but yeah, so let's get into what, uh, your couple events that you got going on. What, um, yeah, what well, is, what is the first one? So the first one is going to come up September 29th and 30th. Saturday this is the one that Sunday. had a date change, isn't it? Yes. Cause I didn't want to, um, 
so I tried the 22nd and it was, it overlapped. Well, actually what it was, was, uh, one of our hooligan riders, Barry is getting married in Vegas and butcher and some guys are going. And I was like, ah. so I was like, well, let's do it the week after. And then I also looked at Costa Mesa and, um, the 22nd was RSD's super hooligan race there. So that doesn't affect me, but I didn't want to like try to fight riders for it. So, yeah. um, so the 29th what's, what's the and purse on that one going to be 30th on the Costa Mesa one. It's, luckily it won't be a shit show. It'll be ran. Was that? Was that, that, you? that was me screaming. Okay. I'm a dick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, uh, it'll be ran professional cause Oxley, works with bigger purses and out all the time. But, um, so yeah, the following week, Saturday and Sunday, September 29th and September 30th, if, if anyone is local and I know some of you are, it's kind of an open invite ride camp. Um, have a good time at El Mirage dry lake bed. So come out Saturday morning ish, whatever. And, uh, I'm going to try and set up a little track. I'm going to get there Friday. Um, actually maybe Thursday night. Um, but I have some other stuff to do Friday. So if he worked a five day week, it wouldn't be wigs. So he's yeah. trying to get there no Thursday shit. night. <laughs> wow. Um, actually I can probably pull that one off well with work because on Friday, what we're going to do is some speed merchant photo stuff. Oh, cool. And then that Vance and Hines will like that. Yeah. So that's sweet. cool. But, um, so yeah, Saturday and then we'll camp and have a little, like what's cool about El Mirage, we can have a campfire. There's nothing out there that can catch fire. Yeah. It's pretty well, a good, nice, dry lake bed. I mean, that's yeah. basically what it is. It actually, there's there's a lot of riding and stuff out there, too, that you can go do. Like, you can get off the lake bed, and it's pretty fun. Yeah. But, you know, there's the, the dry lake bed. And I, where I've been at, I mean, you could do, you could map out a mile track there. It's insane. But I don't know how you would measure it very well. But anyway, uh, we'll, I got some, some old tires that I cut in half. We're going to use those for, uh, corner markers. Yeah. And we'll just go out and spend some laps. Uh, I already had some photographers hit me out there. Like we want to come out like people I don't even know. And they're like, but since they follow SoCal Hooligans, they just saw that and they're like, Oh, I want to come out. So it's, it's open invite. I don't know if we're going to have five people or 10 people or a hundred people. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, I hope we don't get enough where El Mirage is like not cool with it, but no, it should be fine. I mean, the cool part is you don't just have to sit there and ride in a circle. Like there would be plenty of that. And if you are going to come out and do that, if you're one of the hooligan guys or a flat track guy that wants to come out, I would recommend bringing a spare tire if you're going to ride more than one day Yeah, (laughs) or be prepared to flip it minimum. But last time I went, my tire was literally bald on that side. Wow. Um, and it still hooked up. It was still super fun to ride. But so I keep elbowing toolboxes. I know. Wigs just it's put hot. a hole. I'm like trying to Do you want me to turn own. that fan no, back on? because then it's loud. Yeah, so it's okay. I'm just like I'm spreading out to yeah. go like, ah. Yeah. So <laughs> if you were an elephant, you could flap your ears. Right. Uh, you know, Bri Viffer has gone out to El Mirage, and I was – it's uh, well, odd. I kind of hope in Spamla it makes an appearance. Yeah, you know what? If Spamla should, I should take her out there. And he – he goes trail riding out there, you yeah. know, you camping on the lake bed and then trail riding. So there's, and there's lots of camp spots off stuff. the lake bed yeah, too. For sure. I'm, I'm kind of hoping in general, we all kind of camp close, but you know, if you want to set your tent off a ways or go off to another campground, whatever, like it's super cool. The only thing I think El Mirage does not want, um, pallets out there for wood, but I have a wood place by me. So I'll spend 40 or 50 bucks and get some, I think it's like 28 bucks for a wheelbarrow full. Yeah. So I'll probably get a couple wheelbarrow full, take i'm just gonna take my sporty i think so yeah and if i remember correctly i've seen 
regular cars out there, so you don't need like a lifted four by or anything. Oh no, yeah, there. it's not especially get onto the lake bed. Like you pull in and pay, and then you turn immediate left, and it's like basically going down a dirt road, and yeah. then it just goes out onto the lake bed. Yeah. So you would just pull out there. Ideally, and it's been a while since I've been there. So ideally, I would be up about a quarter mile or so, half mile or so, and then left. And then there would be my truck and stuff, and you would see us. So, um, but it's open, you know, if you got a dirt bike and want to go ride the trails, if you just want to hang out with everyone. I mean, honestly, dude, if you have a sport bike, like a Mirage is fun. Yeah. So do some uh, land speed. Uh, yeah. I mean, straightaway stuff. On it. I guarantee <laughs> we'll do some of that on the trackers. Like, I've been there before where we've all lined up and just like went fifth gear pen down the lake and yeah. it was super, super fun. Um, yeah, somebody just hit me up a couple months ago. They were doing El Mirage, the Southern California Timing Association yeah. was doing stuff at El Mirage because Bonneville, the salt wasn't good or something like that. So well, they, they doing, ended up going last week or two weeks yeah, ago to the yeah, salt. Yeah, a couple, but, two weeks ago was Speed Week or whatever, but yeah. Yeah, they were doing testing and stuff at El Mirage because... Uh, well, they test there a lot anyway. Yeah. And they have a lot of trials there, and a lot of people go there because even at Bonneville, like, if you've never been before and your bike will run, like, 150 mile an hour, which most modern sport bikes would, you have to go out and you have to qualify at, like, 60. So you have to make a pass where you don't go faster than, we'll say, 60. It might be 80 or 100. But you'd have to make a pass at that speed. And then you come in and they're like, okay, yeah, you did that safe. Check. And then you got to make another pass at whatever, like 110 and check and then 120 and check until you can just basically open it up. So you would go to El Mirage and you would get a lot of those out of the way. Yeah. So that while you're at Speed Week, you're not wasting time doing that and then waiting in line. Yeah. That's a long, you don't realize like any racing most of it's waiting. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Even, even if you're like in a, yeah. a Moto America race, those races are 25 minutes long. And so you're there for two days, you well, know, think of, yeah, like race a total of an hour. My 12 lap mains and eight lap <laughs> heats. All I'm there all day. All, all day. damn weekend. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's pretty, uh, I never thought of it that way, but so, that's pretty interesting. El Mirage is a good time though. It's fun. I'm going to bring some food. I will have more than enough for just myself, but not enough to feed everyone. So the idea is I should have plenty of firewood, but you know, Bring a couple of things, yeah. a couple of pieces of wood, bring some beer, bring some food, bring a place to sleep, whether you sleep in your truck or a tent or in your car or whatever, that's all cool. Um, and bring a good attitude. Yeah. And we'll have some, and some sunscreen. And some sunscreen. Definitely some sunscreen too. It gets hot. Yeah. And it'll just be, I mean, it's just the end of September. It's not even October yet. So it'll still be pretty warm out there. Yeah. And we will. And there is no shade. Yeah. Yeah. You're, we're talking. We, uh, a thousand years ago, you would have been underwater. Yeah. <laughs> so now, now there's just no water. You're just. But it is super fun. I mean, it, yeah. it's. I've been there a few times, and it was definitely a good time. Yeah. So I'm gonna bring a goat and a wine skin, and we should be good. That sounds uh, fun. Yeah. Yeah, I think you should come out and bring Spamala. Yeah. So I might have my bike and Spamala. <laughs> and, and then load you can of fire out and bring a tent. Yeah. Yeah, and then. Um, yeah, and as much firewood as I can fit in my truck, I guess. So I can bring firewood if you have bikes in your truck. Maybe. So that's that's the first deal. It's just a like ride, you know, if you're if you're new to flat track or whatever, I can definitely help a little bit, but that's not like the main goal. Like I'm not like you gotta pay to get onto the lake. But um, or into the El Mirage recreational area. Is it like fifteen bucks or something, or is it? I don't remember if it's five bucks for a day or fifteen for yeah. a day or fifteen for a weekend or thirty for 
It might be 15 a day, 20 for a month or something. Yeah. So if you are going to camp, I think you have to get the more expensive one. Yeah. But whatever. You're just going to go out there for the night? I'm going to be there a couple nights. I'm going to do some stuff with Speed Merchant too. But yeah, the idea for like the SoCal hooligans like get together. I'm going to do a flyer. I don't know what I'm going to call it. Um, Camp out with your... Uh, ramp out. We'll have your, uh, yeah. We'll camp have out with mo- your ramp out, and we'll have freestyle motocross ramps there that you or can, just to unload your bike. Just oh, that ramp. Well, that too. nothing cool. <laughs> we'll jump over your truck via the ramp. Yeah, ramp. So. But yeah, no, that sounds like a lot of fun, and uh, definitely it's so funny because Brad Viffer and I were talking about maybe meeting up to do like some off roading later in the year, and that's kind of later in the year if he's in yeah. town maybe Brad if you're listening uh that might be our yeah, meetup when it might i first be on thought someone of it and like time. first posted it i was like oh cool it'll be like you know the 20 25 hooligans that do my races and then a lot of the initial interest was like people that i didn't even know yeah and i'm like okay that's actually super cool so right. you know like one person hit me up like they're also a photographer and they're like oh well would, would you want, and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you're not getting paid anything. Like, it's not a professional event. It's not even a race. We're just I'm like, hanging. But if you want to come and hang and have a good time and what you can also bring and have a good time with is taking photos and sharing with everyone, then yeah, absolutely. So um, I was trying to get us a sidecar out there, but then I talked to my sidecar buddy and he found metal in his oil. So oh, he's man. due for an engine rebuild. But there might be a suicide machine Harley powered sidecar out there. That's new. Yeah. So what's the other thing you got coming up? So the other one will be November 3rd and it is the 2018 hooligan shootout. Nice. And if all goes well, um, November 4th will rent Paris. Nice. But I'm trying to find funding. So if there's any sponsors out there. Now, is the hooligan shootout going to be at Santa Maria again? No, this year it's going to be at Paris. Nice. Which is it's kind of good. I mean, Speedway that's really... Speedway or, or race, raceway? The flat track, the small one. Yeah. Same place the veggie plate was. Yeah, okay. But it's going to be predominantly hooligans. We are going to add a couple other classes, but I'm not real sure what. I'm hoping to have TT500 class. Nice. I know just because it's... This sounds kind of like dickish. It might just be kind of open singles too. I don't know. Um, but it's not like, it sounds lame and asshole, but it's not meant to be like a bunch of 450s. It's meant to be like the people that kind of hang out with the hooligans. And if they're not like on hooligan bikes, they're still like hooligans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I know there's a few people with TT500s. Um, and then we want to do like a mini bike class because I want to get a little Jasper out there and he yeah. can hop on the adults or right. whatever. So yeah. Yeah. So the TT500 classes, if you don't have like a 750 Harley or Triumph yeah, or something like that, Yeah, and I might just right? do like an open single. Yeah. Because, I mean, honestly, there's no money, so I don't think like Copeland yeah. or anyone like that's going to come out. You know, Carver's yeah. not going to come out. If I can afford, like if I get funding and I can get Carver a plane ticket, he's getting on a hooligan bike, not on a 450. So. Yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, TT500, would that exclude like flat track purpose-built 450s? Would that be like hooligan? Nah. Well, hooligan, little hooligan if, if we do the TT500, then yeah, that's what it would be. But it might just be like open singles too. Yeah, sweet. Um, and then, you know, the guys with TT500 just got to keep up with 450s. Yeah. But again, if there's no like pro 450 guys out there, yeah. if it's meant to be slow and just kind of everyone together, then should be a good time. So Wiggins doing open singles at Paris Flat Track. Junkster doing open singles in his trailer after the flash. <laughs> so that's rad. And what day is that going to be on again? November 3rd. Okay, November 3rd. And when is the AFT? Uh, is that in October? 
I think it's over before November. Yeah, okay, yeah. good. Yeah. So it won't be conflicting. Nobody will be staying home to watch that. They'll be out there. At Hopefully Paris. no one stays home to watch. It's all recorded. <laughs> That's true. Uh, that. Yeah, it's just the date that we got at Paris that was open. There was one in October and then that one. And I was like, let's go with the later one. Yeah. So it's after the RSD event. Well, damn, that's sweet. Hey, let's take this and it's time. it's all, again, SoCal underscore hooligans on Instagram for oh, all yeah. your updates. All right. And let's take this uh, second to segue into upcoming events, and we'll get right back with you. All right, everybody. This is rare. Very rare, but on Monday, Mondays, the bike night at the Hat in Glendora. The Hat is a famous Southern California, well, specific to L.A., L.A. area, um, pastrami, world famous pastrami sandwiches, and the one in Glendora uh, on uh, six eleven West Route sixty six, and uh, yeah, spend the night, spend your Monday night, starting at seven p.m. Uh, on the famous stretch of highway Route sixty six, baby. So yeah, Monday nights at the Hat are back. Um, they're going to be every Monday night, as far as I can see, uh, up until it starts raining here next uh, next couple years. <laughs> Anyway, Monday nights, uh, August 27th at 7 p.m. Then again, September 3rd at 7 p.m. So check it out. The bike night at the hat. All bikes are welcome and all sandwiches are eaten. Uh, also, September 22nd, Los Angeles Mod versus Rockers ride and camp out starts at 2 p.m. on Saturday. So September 22nd and 23rd. They usually, okay, this is kind of a weird, I don't, I'm not sure where everyone's meeting and where the ride's going to go from, but usually there's a ride up there that begins at, uh, I mean, it might, be, might begin at Lucky Wheels this year. Uh, a lot of the places that it's begun at before are now out of business or lo- no longer motorcycle companies. So um, it's always kind of a sketchy uh, t- TBA, TB- to be announced or to be determined. So just be ready to ride up there. Uh, El Bandito Campground is usually where it takes place, uh, 2 p.m., the 22nd and 23rd. Uh, also, coming up, um, pardon me, Tacos and Beer Fest, September 29th. Now, this is going to be happening down um, on Olive Street, down in San Diego. I'm in L.A. This is totally all in L.A. But, dude, Tacos and Beer. Like, what? Like, why would that not be included on the show? Uh, October 20th, we have the Red Bull Straight Rhythm. And that is uh, starting at 1.30 p.m. That's going to be out at the uh, the Fairplex in Pomona. And, it's, of course, it's hosted by Red Bull. So more tickets for that. Check out Red Bull Straight Rhythm 2018 on Facebook or go to uh, redbull.com and check out their awesome, awesome. That, I mean, I've never been to that, the Straight Rhythm. Just watched it on TV. It should go. Pomona's not that far. It also looks like something that would be fun for the kids and the, the whole fam. You know what I'm saying? Checking out the uh, events that I have saved from Instagrabizzle. And uh, thanks, Instagrabizzle, for changing everything up. But I did try to save stuff this time. I'm trying to think forward, as a matter of fact. Uh, the Lucky Wheels White Lightning Campout, October 27th and 28th in Ojai. And uh, nobody ever tells you where stuff is. At least, and at least there's a date on this. I noticed one one thing with a lot of um, a lot of events, a lot of moto events. They have a really cool poster that has a really cool like bespoke uh, drawing. And then, like our friend Amanda Zitto that uh, was on a few episodes ago, well, like a bunch of episodes ago now, 
but she makes a ton of awesome posters. And, um, you know, these ones that are coming out now always have a rad drawing on it, kind of like reminds me of her stuff. And then they might have a date, no location. Or they have a location, no date. Tons of sponsors uh, listed on the bottom. But I know this one's going to be in Ojai, so if you drive, if you drive to Ojai, California... Uh, on October 27th and 28th, just look for a bunch of motorcycles heading toward uh, a campground. Um, September 8th, we're jumping all around because this is Instagrabizzle. Uh, September 8th, uh, Saturday night, man, this Trans World Slam Fest uh, put on by Hell on Wheels. And uh, it says, good old-fashioned Saturday night, run what you run, dirt track races happening at Milestone MX. Uh, free gate entry. Just gotta sign away your uh, innards in case someone smashes into you. And then uh, I'm not 100% sure what it's gonna be to race. You usually have to go to hellonwheelsmc.bigcartel.com to pre register, and that's what I would do. But that sounds like it's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, also, coming up, the Moto Bay. Wait a minute, the Moto Bay Classics coming up. That was last weekend. Uh, coming up next weekend is going to be the Iron and Resin Hooligan Hoedown number seven. Seven of these things. Again, very bespoke, nicely drawn uh, flyer. September 29th, it says Bandit Town, USA. So uh, it doesn't really give an address, it just says Bandit Town, USA. So I'm not sure where Bandit Town is, but if you can find Bandit Town and you follow a bunch of hooligans, I'm assuming it's going to be a bunch of choppers and stuff. They got music, camping, tattoos, and beer. Um, so that basically sounds like me when I show up at a campsite. I don't know what's different than just going camping with me. Uh, but that's the Hooligan Hoedown, September 29th. A couple days later, August 31st, Flat Out Friday is going to be happening. I don't know how to pronounce this thing. At the UWM Panther Arena. The Awoom Panther Arena. The Upper Western Milwaukee Panther Arena, maybe? United Metal Western? I don't know what it is. UW, University of Western Milwaukee Panther Arena for nonstop racing and entertainment. You'll buy a ticket for the whole seat, but you'll only need the edge. (laughs) Anyway, that's going to be Flat Out Friday. And Harley-Davidson is uh, celebrating their 115th. Um, I think that's coming up next week next week something like that so that's uh, all the shindigs and celebrations wigs is going to be back there for that and dude I'm, I'm things are probably going crazy right now so crazy that the next day on september 1st they're going to be having the bradford beach brawl which is presented by the uh, the race of gentlemen so that might be drag racing on the beach might be oval tracking on the beach i have no ideas but also, part of that is going to be the AMA Supermoto. Supermoto does not get enough attention, in my opinion. So the AMA Supermoto, $10,000 up for grabs at the National Championship Series finale, September 7th and 8th in the, at the streets of Sturgis. So also part of Sturgis is, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Did I say September 7th and 8th? I did. Uh, yeah, at the streets of Sturgis. They're going to be uh, having their series finale there. I know it's not part of the Sturgis celebration, and I was thinking that sometimes they do have flat track during Sturgis, and I noticed Sturgis isn't part of the 115th. My bad. Not even anywhere close to Milwaukee, unless you're looking at the creative writing hand-drawn map of the United States. Then they're right next door. So anyway, yeah, if you go back to Sturgis, 
the September 7th and 8th, you can catch the AMA Supermoto Finals. Hey, on the creative side of things, I did want to mention that um, at the 115th, there's actually going to be a moto art show, and it's going to feature uh, Jeff Durant, Kayla Coene, uh, Russell uh, Murchie, and Carolyn Perone. Uh, we mentioned her on the show several times. She's uh, draws a lot of cool stuff that's flat track related and all that great stuff. So yeah, that's going to be happening. I'm not 100% sure where it is. I just see that it's going to be at the 115th in Milwaukee. So like all these other things, at least you have a date and you have a town. There's no address, though. But uh, if you've got an event that you want us to be aware of, um, email us, creativewritingpodcast at gmail.com. Also, uh, check out, uh, well, there's a lot of websites that don't. Uh, run anymore but Cyclefish has a lot of events like there's a lot of events on there so many that uh, I couldn't even mention them all Uh, Vintage Motorcycle Meet happening in Huntington Beach California every second Sunday of every month from 2 to 4 p.m. and they always meet at Castaneda's Mexican Food on the corner of Brookhurst and Garfield you hear a little bit about that later and now let's get back into the show Past weekend, I went to an event called Bikes and Bombers at the Lion Air Museum, and I got the chance to peruse a whole bunch of history there and uh, talk to a few pretty cool people. Got a bunch of interviews. I'd like to share those with you now. So let's go to my event, Bikes and Bombers at the Lion. All right, we're here at Lion Air Museum. I spotted an awesome, awesome bike. It, it, this has to be like a 1923. I've never heard of this brand, Janus. Are they one of the uh, <laughs> American brands that went out of business before the Great Depression? Um, can, you, can you tell me your name and tell me a little bit about your bike? Yeah, I, my name is Frank Culver, and I saw one of these bikes back in uh, January and fell in love with them. They're built in Goshen, Indiana. They're they're new. They build them to order. I got number 142 because I had to wait for California smog approval. But they have three models, and this is their kind of retro model. They build their own leading link front suspension, which is really neat. They're in Amish country, so Amish uh, 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 leather craftsmen do the leather work on the bike. And uh, I uh, I ordered in February, but had to wait till they got the California smog certification. Uh, to get it in June. So this bike was built in June of this year. It has a a, a Taiwanese copy of, exact copy of a Honda engine. That's that's the only real foreign part. Everything else is made in Goshen. And uh, uh, they're a real active little company. I wish I lived closer to Goshen because they have a lot of social events (laughs) that uh, I'm certainly not going to travel that far for. But uh, one of these motorcycles went cross-country in the, uh, uh, the Iron Butt Association's cross-country ride uh, where they followed the route of the very first engine-powered vehicle to go from Pacific Coast to Atlantic Coast. And everybody else was riding modern bikes, and one guy took one of these on the ride. He said he arrived too late for the group dinner every night, <laughs> but he made it over the Rockies. <laughs> yeah, that's a feat in and of itself. And I, I'm cheating a little bit because we've been chatting, but you have a vintage British collection, and this thing fits right in. And uh, did you say you swapped the uh, the sh- you know all your shifters on your other bikes are on the right-hand side? Did it take you a, a second to get used to this one? 
Uh, yeah, I, I, I have jammed down on the rear brake a couple of times when I started to downshift. Yeah, I'm used to the right-hand shift, and, uh, and the one bike I modified was a Royal Enfield build in India in 2000, and they had, had kind of a monkey motion system to put the shifter on the left because that bike was originally on the right, and I changed it back to the right. But uh, uh, this, and, and I have several electric motorcycles which don't shift at all. Uh, so, yeah, I, I have to um, definitely make sure that I, I don't jam on the rear brake when I'm trying to downshift. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's something that uh, you have to consciously think about, especially with the collection that it sounds like you got. Now, and this this is a beautiful bike. Um, you said it was number 142. They have that on the on the little ped slicer on the front of the front fender and your tank is the uh, the cap on there is engraved or embossed that is that uh, everyone come like that no that's extra i think it was, if i remember right it was like a 75 dollar charge for the engraved gas cap so i had to think about that for a while and then i thought oh what the heck you know i only pay it have to pay it once and uh, it looks so nice to have that engraved cap that i went ahead with that but the pinstriping there's a lot of choices of color there's choices of pinstriping color. I mean, I chose blue and gold, but there there's a whole lot of different choices you have from the factory on on colors of pinstriping and the bike itself. And you can get a polished aluminum tank, too, that's quite beautiful. And I chose their polished stainless exhaust system as an option. It, doesn't, it comes with a plated steel system standard. But their base price was $7,000. It was still... Airplanes. It was still, uh, uh, even with all the extras I got, it was $8,200 when it delivered to my door. So, uh, you know, not a bad price for something like this. And they figured there was a niche for American-built small bikes. Uh, And that was was the niche way. Their other two models are a Cafe Racer, and I forget what they call the third model. Both of those are rear suspension. Only this... this, uh, uh, Halcyon uh, model is uh, hardtail. Yeah, and and the crazy thing is, is that it looks like it's straight out of the twenties. The styling, uh, I'm sure people walk by and think this is like you know a, a fifty thousand dollar bike. And I like that they even put a map so you know where to get back. I'm assuming that's Indiana there with the factory. Uh, yeah, I, guess, I guess so. I, I I haven't paid much attention to that. But <laughs> now you know where you need to go if you need to get repairs. Yeah. But actually, something that you had mentioned was that yeah, this that is, is definitely Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> so being a Honda clone, you can get parts for this. And look, it's even got the California Carb little, you know, the canister there and everything. Yeah. So I mean, this is this is great if something breaks down you don't have to go ship it back to indiana or go find some crazy person to do the repairs exactly yes that's exactly right yeah and it's and i got oh i got all led lighting option too so so i i chose quite a few options i mean you could you could get out the door for seven grand if you just took the basic model and and they kind of they they kind of envision students and stuff using them as transportation to school and back and everything, and so they would buy probably the the basic model and and uh, do that. When I was talking to them about reliability, they said one guy showed up at the factory and bought one that they had on the floor and rode it home to his home in New Mexico. <laughs> I thought that's that's really gutsy yeah Yeah, that's a lot of trust and faith and uh but that kind of speaks to the quality and the design i mean this thing is so pretty just looking at it 
it's so pretty and it does have all the nice modern accoutrement of uh, you know a, a bike that you can just jump on and ride nowadays without having to fool with wrenching on it for 13 months before you ride it for a week yes. but at the same time it's so it's hidden and it's so beautiful they, they really worked it in well and I would have never guessed LED but I mean that's uh, that's amazing probably less draw on the electrical system and all that fun stuff yeah yeah, and, and I like the idea that the tank is aluminum, too, so I'm not going to have rusting tanks and uh, that sort of thing. I'm restoring a 1971 little Honda CB100 now, and I had to throw that gas, the original gas tank away. I mean, it was just rusted through in all kinds of places. Uh, but this is, you know, th- this is a low-maintenance bike, and, and uh, it, you know, I really like it. I had to get used to the upright riding position, Somebody with an old Indian or Harley would be used to the swept back handlebars yeah. and that bicycle riding position, <laughs> but none of my bikes have that riding position, so that upright position, I was surprised because the steering is quite uh, quick. I thought it would be kind of slow, sluggish steering, but it is quite quite quick, and, and uh, uh, but it, it feels good to just be in that upright cruising position, you know. It, it's, they're, now they're cafe racers different you're you're down on the short bars on on that but yeah i, I want to say they have one uh, maybe that's the sparrow uh, they, they have one called named after a bird it might be the sparrow or something like that but yeah i'm trying to think what i i don't remember what that third model is yeah. uh, or, uh, what either i don't remember what they call either the cafe racer or the other one uh I should have committed those names to memory, but this was the only one that interested me. Yeah. So, the Halcyon 250, and Halcyon, you know, is that word for happy times, great past times, and all that kind of stuff. So, it's an appropriate name, I thought. Yeah. Now you're here today on a 2018 bike that looks like it was made in the 20s. Where did you start? What was your very first motorcycle, and what year? If you don't, if you don't mind aging yourself slightly. Well, I I had many years ago, and I probably had to have been back in the late 50s i had a little nsu fox little german bike i haven't even seen a fox anywhere in years uh and then i didn't ride for years and years and then when i got interested in antiques i bought a 1927 sunbeam and i started riding antiques and joined the local antique chapter of the national organization and then started buying uh, antique British bikes. Now I've sold most of those off, and, and I'm enjoying getting some extra space in my shop. Uh, there were bikes I wasn't riding anymore, and tanks were rusting and things, and I thought, i got to get these into better hands. So, uh, so I've sold off most. I have a 54 AJS, a 47 matchless, uh, 1967 Ducati single, and... Uh, uh, I'm missing, oh, a 1930 little BSA 350. Those are the only antiques that I have left now. And that's like quite a collection. And your very first one, that Fox, I've never heard of a Fox. I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah, my NSU, and I've seen the bigger NSUs, but the Fox was a little six horsepower. It was a small bike like this. And uh, and I wish I still had it because they've got to be extremely rare. I've never <laughs> seen one in a magazine or anywhere. Yeah. And that was their little commuter bike, you know, made in Germany, of course, for NSU. And uh, uh, that that's funny how just never, never. Yeah, I'd used to, the, the flywheel had come loose on that, so it would shear off the key. And so I'd carry spare keys in my pocket, and I'd be out riding, and all of a sudden the engine would go, and the bike's not going anywhere. Get out, take the cover off, 
pull the flywheel off, put the new key in, put the flywheel back in, and, and keep riding. <laughs> yeah, they never figured out to make harder uh, yeah. <laughs> harder keys. That's you know, and, and roadside uh, maintenance is something that on luckily the newer bikes you don't have to worry too much about. But that's yeah. the days. That's when you used yeah, to have to. You did. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Well, hey, it was so nice to meet you. I love this bike. I'm sure I'll see you around. And uh, if they have this again, make sure you bring one of your other ones. I w- I'd love to check out. Yeah, uh, I had the 30 BSA here last year. Okay. And uh, yeah, that was pretty neat. So thank, thanks, Frank, for that interview. What Frank failed to mention and what we talked about later was the fact that this dude's got so many crazy motorcycles, and he's even taken a couple dirt bikes, a couple TT200s or TW200s or something like that, cut them apart, uh, and put a quad front end on them, cut the front end off the quad and put it on. So he has, like, two off-road Tadpole-style bikes. Couldn't talk about that one, huh? Well, next, we're going to go from Janus... To Jen, Janus, Janus, Jen. Let's let's just do it. All right, I'm here with Skeeter Hornacek from uh, OC Harley Davidson. We're down here at the Lion Air Museum. We're hanging around. There's like one or two bikes here. Um, she was over last uh, uh, November, October. And uh, Skeet, what you been up to since then? Just been working, <laughs> working like a crazy person, you know. Yeah, we have new owners now at the store. They uh, bought the store in December, so there's been a lot of change and a lot of good action happening. Sweet, I know. And you got a few bikes here uh, for sale, and uh, you think they'd notice if one went missing, or? If... Um, yeah, I would definitely notice. <laughs> Wait, are you really doing it? Yeah. 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 So, um, you may tell you about the bikes that we brought out. Yeah. Let me. T- uh, so let's start in the front and go back and forth because you got some really nice ones. You got some new ones, and I want to hear about all of them. Absolutely. So I'll start with the. Uh, we brought out a 2018 48 Special. It's the new Iron 1200. Um, it is the AMF style logo on the tank, which is super awesome. <laughs> so we have one of those out here, and um, we also brought a highly customized 2018 Street Bob. We have a nice saddleman seat on there. We threw up. Uh, um, a fairing and we put some different uh, T-bars on it. We also have a 2018 Street Glide Special. It's also got a little bit of customization. It has some really cool uh, handlebars on it now. Yeah, and, those are, I, I forget what yeah. those are called, but those are they're crazy. They're, they put your knuckles in the wind and they, they add like an aggressive style to that. Yeah, exactly. It's really, really cool. It's a nice like trademark look. Um, then we also have a 2018 Road Glide Special that is highly customized with a saddleman seat as well and a few other options. And we also brought out a 2018 Softail Slim, um, which is, you know, in my opinion, like perfect for this event. It just bikes and bombers, just perfect. Yeah. It's got, it does have that old school styling yeah. compared to, I mean, these things, that has more better audio than my stinking car does. Like, what, what's up with that? <laughs> I know, see, I agree. <laughs> yeah, you got to hear your music when you're riding in the wind, you know. Yeah. And then, oh yeah, I can't forget, we brought out a 2018 uh, Heritage, um, so you can check that one out here also, just going with the classic vibe. Yeah. It's always a good option. This one's really pretty, and I like the studs. The old studs were literal, like, uh, chrome studs, and they kind of looked like 40s and 50s. These new ones are black. They're rectangular, and they look pretty aggro. They go really well with that paint scheme, too. I, I really dig this because uh, it does look classic, but it, at the same time, it looks edgy. Yeah, I, I agree. The denim paint, which is similar to, like, a matte-style paint, I think it just looks 
perfect on this bike, especially with that, you know, the Bikes and Bomber era. It's just right on for that. Yeah. Fat tires, full, thick fenders, and like you said, it looks like you took a classic and customized it to look a little bit more edgy. And then what's this monster right here? Oh, so this is actually our sales guy's bike. <laughs> he has um, our sales guy, Joe, he brought a uh, road glide special. So you can see someone who actually rides one and talk with someone who rides one. And same bike that, you know, we have out front for you. And then... What else? You want to talk about this one? Yeah, what's this little piece of work of art right here? I think it's beautiful. <laughs> so that's my Sportster. I have a Iron 883, a 2013, and highly customized with um, a limited edition custom paint job. And I have the Screaming Eagle pipes on it, upgraded to an SNS air filter, a few other little options like cool foot tags and a few other neat little things but yeah this thing's rad the 883s i like well i like all the bikes that went to a rear combination lamp where the blinker is the brake light and on yours like these paint sets it for like let's walk through the harley stuff because i i know because i kind of work with it but you can you can go in and you can buy these limited paint sets and they only make like 250 of them or something and then after that they're gone and it looks like you got like a racing stripe one like a vanilla cream and black yep that's that's right yeah mine is a racing inspired uh one and yes you're right those paint sets are very limited and actually right now they're doing one for 28 motorcycle 2018 motorcycles they have a few different options, and there's a very small window to buy it. So if you do want it, make sure you go buy your dealer, preferably Orange County Harley-Davidson, and you tell them, hey, I want to buy one of those paint sets. Um, they have um, a few different options. I think like the Street uh, street Glide. I forget the other one. I know the Fat Bob. There's a few different options so to get the custom paint sets if you are interested. And they're, they're making even less this year. So mine, in 2013, they made 250 or 200 I think it was 200 but now they're only making like a hundred, so they're super explosive. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean they didn't make it make as that many as it is, so that's pretty crazy. Yeah. And then for all the other bikes that she was talking about, I don't. If you if you go look at any of the modern Harleys, they're all a little different because. Like, the guys over here, most of his is everything's blacked out. But on some of them, like, this one has chrome pipes with a black engine and uh, milled, like, machined, uh, you know, fins on it. And the crazy thing is that you can look at every single Harley. Some of them are all black. Some of them are wrinkle black. Some of them have the machining on the sides. They're kind of, I mean, I think over the past few years, Harley got their talons, shall we say, the their eagle claws wrapped around this custom concept and these bikes all of them look super cool and they're not crazy customized but they're they're just enough to like put your style on each each one like i love the pipes on this thing are those the street cannons or something that i believe is stock pipes on that one um i think i know we added a few other uh, uh what do you call it the the heat guards yeah um to you know make it look cool um, but yeah, that's one of my favorite things about Harley, especially with the parts and accessories department. You can take your Harley and make it your way. I mean, if you can dream it, we can really make it. Yeah, I know this sounds like a Harley ad, but I can guarantee you that it just it's one of those companies that has so many. The, your parts and uh, accessories catalog is like a damn old. If you know what, if you're old enough to know what a phone book is, it's uh, like a phone book. So yeah, it's crazy the the amount of options you have. And just looking around at all these bikes. Um, I didn't know Harley made a Bergman. Is that a... No, that's not ours. That's not ours. <laughs> All right. Someone just parked in our area. That's yeah. cool. You know, we like everyone. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what do you think about 
the announcements coming out that Harley's going to be venturing into uh, scooters, electric bikes, and uh, all, all sorts of crazy cool stuff within the next like three or four or five years. Yeah, no, I am super, super stoked about it. So the electric bike, especially here in Southern California, I think is going to be amazing. Um, I'm hopeful that, especially in Irvine specifically, that the electric bike is going to really take off because a lot of people already have Teslas. They already have um, zero motorcycles out here. So I really think the electric Harley here is going to be on point. Um, the Street Fighter, I mean, really, <laughs> I cannot wait to see that. It's going to be so amazing. It's opening up to a whole new crowd of people. Can't wait for that one. Um, I'm most excited for Pan America. So uh, there was a little tiny preview of uh, that similar style Harley, San Diego Customs made one, and it was at Born Free. And everyone was ooing and aahing over that thing. So, you know, anyone who thinks, oh, there's no way Harley's going to do well with that, they, no way. People love it. It is definitely going to be a top seller. It's hitting a whole new market of people. I have no doubt about it. Just seeing people's reactions over that same similar style at Born Free, I think it's going to be a surprise a lot of people. I think it's going to be great. I personally, I <laughs> I would love to have one. That would be great, yeah. I know. I think a lot of people's jaws hit the floor when they yeah. heard Harley-Davidson and ADV, and a lot of people are skeptical, and you never know what to, like when you hear Triumph, the last thing you think of is ADV, but they have that tiger out forever, and same thing with Ducati, you think sport bike or scrambler, and you forget that they have like the Multistradas, yeah. so Harley branching out is one of the smartest things they can do because of all the bikes that we just named have all this, that's a competitive market right now, and I'm I'm kind of excited to see how that new motor that they announced was going to mm-hmm. perform in it, and how just a Harley ADV bike does and just to see it you know even if it even if it doesn't turn out to be what they expected at least it's a start and it's a platform and they can go from there and I'm just that's what I'm super super excited about yeah no I totally agree and this upcoming week is the dealer show down in San Diego so there's going to be more details you know released and leaked and things like that and uh no it's going to be great I mean it's a new generation of riders Harley has to keep evolving I mean just like anything you have to evolve to stay relevant and if you don't you're gonna die it's just it is what it is so yeah Yeah. and some of these bikes here i've seen um, obviously more and more and more harleys on the road recently and so if you're selling this many of your existing line i can't imagine like you said the street fighter that thing is gonna go look i mean if you look out in the crowd here how many race bikes and stuff there are here yeah oh yeah no for sure i agree completely and there's people too like i personally know people and i'm sure you do too who love harley but they just prefer the setup of a street bike you know they just prefer that vibe that's their that's how they prefer to ride so it's just a great opportunity for those people that want a harley but want to ride in that sort of you know, situation to, to do that. And I would say about, I'm going to say about 10 years ago now, right around 2008, 2009, cafe racer scene was huge. Everything was a stinking cafe racer. Bike prices for old crummy bikes on Craigslist went up. You couldn't find a Honda CB750 within 300 miles of any California border. And it's like people were taking bigger bikes back then. And I started to see in, um, cause I would buy hot bike and stuff. And I started to see more and more sportsters built into cafe racers. And you can do a proper, if you can do a, a parallel twin triumph or an old boxer twin BMW, you can do a v-twin harley and so i saw the customization stuff starting back then with with a race style coming out of a sportster you can put rear sets on it blah 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 
well now here comes a factory oh, you know yeah. the factory bobber yeah, yeah. no that's going to be amazing yeah. i'm really really stoked for that one too yeah. yeah that and now you're going to have a factory street fighter and i mean yeah i, I don't know how eric buell feels all about that but we'll uh <laughs> maybe we'll get him for comment oh <laughs> my goodness he just went there <laughs> <laughs> but anyway i i am excited to see what's coming out and thank you jen and uh i hope we meet up again soon because there's there's a lot a lot of events coming up now that it's going to be cooler that i'm going to be heading out to this that 100 and whatever heat that we were having earlier is, is not not uh, good for the bike shows yeah no i totally feel you on that it's it's been really hot i actually rode up the joshua tree a few weeks ago and it was the worst decision of my life yeah. for anybody that doesn't know that's like out in the desert <laughs> it's probably like 120 out there it, i think it was like 120 and like um so we you know we're on our air-cooled harleys and so we have to get going and traffic's bad so thankfully in california you can lane split so i'm just like blazing through i'm like heck no get me out of here why did i make this choice <laughs> yeah oh man well hey it was good hanging with you and i'm gonna go around and check out some more the awesome bikes here there's a lot of super cool just every everywhere i'm looking there's something i want to go see and sit on and and uh, sneak pics of so thanks jen and we'll we'll probably uh package in a little bit all right sounds good thank you oh man the dealer show was this week did you see the fxdr 114 that came out we'll probably talk about that on next week's show because we want to get through these interviews. But right after this, Jen ran me over to an organization doing some really awesome stuff for uh, riders in need and uh, former vets. So uh, let's hear this. All right. So our hog group is organizing a run called the Ivor Run. And I'm here to introduce Bear to you who can tell you more about it. Uh, yeah, the I War, which stands for Injured Warrior Appreciation Ride. Uh, this will be our seventh year executing this. Uh, it is for Injured Warrior Freedom Station, which is out of San Diego. And it's a 100% volunteer area. So all the monies that are gained from this effort go to the injured warriors. The, uh, there's no salaries or parties or anything else. Um, what the, the Injured Warrior Freedom Station does is helps refer injured people coming out of conflict. And it can be anything from helping them with prosthetics, uh, helping them psychologically. Uh, I'd say their biggest, the biggest thing I think they provide is they'll take injured soldiers that have... <coughs> They have always wanted to stay in the military, and now all of a sudden they can't because physically they they don't meet the requirements. So this group helps them recondition back into civilian life, and it's done in sequences in sort of like a area of cottages that they set up, and they actually have these warriors go in and begin learning how to take care of themselves. They help them get scholarships. They help them get jobs, etc. Um, it's a phenomenal effort. The run itself runs from the dealer, Orange County Harley dealer, to the Hall of Heroes in the uh, 
in Coastal Mason. So I'd like everyone to come out and enjoy. It's for a good cause, and it's a great ride. What day is this going down? This will be, uh, this year it's October 27th. Uh, they'll start a, arranging lineup of bikes at about 7.30, and then at 9 o'clock, kick stands up. Nice, great. And how long has the uh, the I-War run been happening? You said this is the... It's our seventh year. Wow. Of, yeah. We had a director of our particular chapter initiated it as a result of a father and his blind daughter asking if she could sit on the bike. And uh, that just clicked in her mind, and that's how it all started. <laughs> that's wonderful. And how many, roughly, how many uh, vets does it uh, support? Does this does this support? I mean, it's a it's not only um, your run, not only supports the cause, but the the organizations that are behind it and stuff like that. How many vets do they do they typically uh, help transition? Oh, I would say the Battalion West has approximately. 350, and then San Diego will probably have another 150. So when it works up, it's about 1,000 that they help. That's great. And the hog chapter, Jen was telling me, Jen snuck off here, but our liaison, but she was telling me that, yeah, the hog the hog chapter is behind it, and they're, you know, they, they're part of the run, so a lot of people come down to support this cause, so... Yeah, the, the dealer's been phenomenal. It's uh, We have some new owners there who are extremely patriotic. They have even donated a Sportster 883 to be raffled off, and all those monies go to the injured warriors. Yeah, for people that aren't, for anybody that's ever been in a motorcycle accident knows how hard it is, but yeah, when you're a vet, I I know several vets, some in my family even, that the the transition back, even if you're not injured, is hard enough, but yeah, to be injured and have to re-figure out family life and uh, civilian life and what you're going to be doing, a lot of support necessary, and, and, and you know, it's great to see the community reach out to do stuff like this, and it's great to know that you guys are around. If, if people want to check it out, is there a website that we can go to? Yeah, the, the website is InjuredWarriorRide.com. Nice. So, and then if you're interested, come on down. Like you said, OC, Harley to San Diego you guys are riding to, and uh, that's going to be taking place when again? What, the ride? Uh, October 27th. <laughs> nice. October 27th, get here early, get, around, get here around 7. And, uh, yeah, it's sounds like a great cause. And is there anything else you want to add? Yeah, the registration, uh, etc., is all done online. So we don't have to be mailing in stuff or filling out stuff. And we've made it very easy for the people to participate. And then if you want to just show up that morning, I'm sure that's okay too, yeah? Oh, yes. That's okay too if you show up that morning. All right, Bear. Well, thanks for talking to us. Uh, proud to meet you. And uh, maybe we'll come down for this ride. We're only up in uh, L.A., so it's not too too far of a ride for me. That's great, and I thank you a lot too. All right, thanks. All right, all right. Well, thank you, Bear. That was a phenomenal, phenomenal cause. Uh, looked pretty, uh, pretty amazing what they do. And uh, with talking to him later, it seems like a really, really great thing. And I may try to make it down for that, actually. All right, our next guest doesn't mention this, but he was a pro flat tracker for 10 years. And uh, totally, totally, uh, well, you'll see. Let's get into our next interview. All right, all right. I'm wandering around the event here at the Lion Air Museum. I, I not only caught a bike, but a couple flyers that have caught my eye. So I'm going to wander over here. This is Triumph Classic Motorcycles at uh, triclassic.com. And uh, 
Let me let me uh, grab this random person over here. Sir, could you please introduce yourself? Hello, my name is John Caliccio. I'm with Triumph Classic Motorcycles, Costa Mesa. And we specialize in remanufacturing the old, early Triumphs and turning them into brand new restorations. Nice. <laughs> That's one thing uh, I noticed looking at some of your flyers. I could tell these bikes are cl- as clean as a 2018 or even 2019 Triumph. They're, they're a showroom perfect. How do you guys do it? It's called a nut and bolt restoration. Every single part has to come down and we process them. We re-chrome, powder coat the frames and all the CAD pieces and polish, etc. So we do a complete, uh, we'll do a engine overhauls and we'll balance and blueprint the engines and we'll put all the electronic and all the late model stuff and replace the old stuff that wasn't so good even when it was new. That is full, full from the ground up resto. And, uh, yeah, they, they never did stuff like blueprint the engines <laughs> when these things came off. And I'm telling you, there's a few flyers here. I mentioned that I saw these flyers that caught my eye. You guys have got the, an Ascot model that you did, a street tracker. Even just the classic ones are such beautiful. Triumphs have always had you know, such a history, but also just such a beautiful design right out of the factory. How long have you been into Triumphs or restoring Triumphs? Well, I started in 1968, and in 1969 I bought a new 68 and was really excited, so I kind of was bit by the bug early. And uh, later on, maybe 10, 15 years later, when they started to become popular, real popular, I decided to start restoring them. And it just went from there, little by little. And What was the first the model of the one, your first one that you had? Uh 1968 uh, Triumph Bonneville was the first one that I did. And then, it, you know, as we got interest from people that said, oh, I want a TR6 or a 500 or what have you, and we, uh, we uh, opened up a restoration shop. And That's amazing. And like I said, I, I've seen, I have a buddy, actually. I won't name names because I don't want him to get mad at me for saying this, but I've seen people uh, restore triumphs and you know you try to be period correct or whatever and just somehow they don't turn out quite as beautiful as these uh i'm not kidding when i say that these look like they are rolling off the the factory floor uh from the triumph factory this year i mean everything is so beautiful these the carbs and everything i mean they're original style carbs but they they look like they were popped out of the molds or out of the casting uh Yesterday, How do you, I mean, this is uh, incredible. How long does it take to do one of these? Well, we have a kind of a Henry Ford assembly line set up right now. And we'll have typically 15 to 20 customer restorations going at any given time. So that gives us some leverage to be able to go out and, let's say, do 10 kits at a time. Uh, So our actual assembly time is only five days. But, of course, all the prep work to get all the parts, all the components, audit them out, make sure that everything is good and clean and ready for assembly, that could take a month. So it's, uh, you know, something 30 to 40 days, and we're right now quoting a, a year behind. So if you place your order, then we're running about 12 months. And with the new Triumphs having come out, 
I believe last year or the year before. I'm sure I've seen it before when a, when a new model comes out, people rush to go get the the prior ones because they're not making them anymore, and they become super popular. And uh, a year that is incredible. You're I can assume that you're not going to have uh, you know this is called job security when you've got a year <laughs> a year waiting period, right? I mean, this is incredible. <laughs> Well, we're kind of the king of a tiny little anthill, so we have plenty of security. There are uh, always over 100 motorcycles, classic, at our facilities at any given time. So uh, it's a small, very, very small segment of the industry, but we, uh, we certainly do well. There's eight employees and full-time, and yeah, we, we have a nice little setup going. Yeah, eight employees, and you can bang one out. After all said and done in five days, that's pretty incredible. Uh, are you guys here in Orange County? Yeah, ironically, we're right down the street here in Costa Mesa. And, uh, you know, you're always welcome to visit our facility or go online and you can see videos and clips and anything. I would love to. I know there's. A, I have a lot of friends uh, in the on the East Coast and in the Midwest that... Uh, aren't as fortunate enough to be this close to stuff like this so i may pop down but yeah if you guys want to uh head down and check out the videos i'm assuming triclassic.com so if you go to www.triclassic that's triclassic.com uh check out some of the videos and man see some of these bikes now do you have stuff for do you need to own a triumph and bring it in or can you purchase one No, you you can either bring in your bike or we pick up and deliver in every major city in the U.S. But we typically stock somewhere around 75 to, let's say, 100 project bikes. So if you had a, let's say, a 65 Bonneville back when you were in high school and want to relive your dream, well, we'll have that 65 Bonneville in our inventory and then we hand select and and start the disassembly procedure beautiful and do you guys do you mentioned the tr6 do you guys get cubs or any of that stuff come through we do we always have somewhere around six let's say half a dozen cubs in various stages some are restored some are project and in between but pretty much every model of bike going back to the mid 50s that's about as far back as we go yeah, and I'm, I'm guessing that if somebody wants to come by and learn, because I didn't know that Triumphs were, had pre-unit models until I started talking to my friend, and Triumph is just one of those brands and one of those marquees that has such a long storied history, not only in racing, but, I mean, just breaking down the model by model, I don't know if I'd be confident tackling one by myself, so I'm glad there's people like you around that can uh, at least steer somebody in the right direction, if not do this full custom. I'm going to take a few picks uh, so people know what I'm talking about. Uh, it's just so beautiful to see this thing um, literally not even, you know, not a swirl mark on it. <laughs> this thing is so beautiful. So uh, anything I forgot, anything that, that you want to add? Can you do a picture of the two? No, you, you've, you've hit it all. And, uh, yeah. Great. Well, hey, I'm going to um, go home today and, and uh, ditch one of the bikes. and I may be giving you a call because if my, if my wife counts the bikes, uh, I'll be good if I can swap a Triumph in there. <laughs> if she pays attention to what's in there, I'm in trouble. So thank you so much. And, um, yeah, www.triclassic.com. I'm going to check it out when I get home. Uh, you guys make sure you do the same. Thank, thank you very much for uh, wasting a couple minutes with the goofball. Thank you. Appreciate it. 
You know what's crazy besides the fact that he was a pro flat tracker for 10 years uh, around the Southern California circuit is that he told me afterwards that that bike was kind of one of the shabby ones. And I wasn't just giving the lips here, oh, this thing is so beautiful, blah, blah. Like th- this, th- uh, it looked like it had literally rolled off the Triumph factory floor. And so for that to be a shabby bike, I, I can't believe the ones that uh, he's got that are just pristine. So, all right, let's get into our next bit. All righty, we are here. I already uh, gave a little walkthrough earlier of the Lion Air Museum Bombers and Bike Show, but we're here with the, the organizer, Dana. I'm going to go ahead and uh, let you kind of introduce yourself and talk a little bit about this, uh, the venue and the event. So eight years ago, I came up here and visited the Air Museum. On Sunday mornings, they did an event called Cars and Cockpits, where they'd have Mercedes-Benz Club and BMW Club. It was great fun. But um, I had this idea to do something with motorcycles. So I found the president of the Air Museum, Mark Foster, and he was interested. And then we waited a little bit. And... I was having coffee over in Newport Beach, and I'm sitting there sipping coffee, thinking about the event. And all of a sudden, this name popped into my mind, Bikes and Bombers. So I shot over here and said, Mark, I got this name, <laughs> Bikes and Bombers. He goes, oh, I like it. So we decided to put the first one together. It was in June, and it was a good turnout. And then we did another one, did another one. Now we just did number seven. And we moved it to August because the June weather oftentimes is so drizzly and windy and that rain layer fog is pouring on shore. Not real conducive to an outdoor event with motorcycles and airplanes. But uh, now this has been the biggest one. Yesterday we had Channel 5 KTLA here doing five different sequences all day from 7 a.m. until 3 p.m. in the afternoon yesterday. So it was, it was a good event. I told my wife I was going to be down here that long, and she said, well, uh, I'm going to change the locks while you're gone then. <laughs> but, but, yeah, so obviously Bikes and Bombers has such a nice ring to it. There's a ton of actual bombers uh, in this hangar. And, you know, it's just it's a beautiful venue. There was a ton, a ton of bikes. I'm assuming the cars and cockpits wasn't quite up your alley because I'm assuming that you're a, you're a biker. Yes, but I also like cars, and just anything with wheels and motors, engines. I know, and this whole hangar is full of them right now. they got the Dan Gurney uh, race cars in here and everything. Uh, what was the first, uh, well, what was your first motorcycle, and what are you riding now? Oh, good question. 1967. I was in the Coast Guard, and I was dating a gal who's other guy who was dating had a Honda 160 and she'd go out riding with him so I went out and bought a Honda 305 because size matters and ultimately I won her over so that was my first bike a Honda 305 Superhawk since then I just bought this Monday my 18th motorcycle a Harley Davidson Deluxe with a new Milwaukee 8 engine Previous to that, I've had Suzuki's, BSAs, Triumphs. What else? I totaled up the mileage on each one, and I'm probably around 340,000 miles on bikes. 
I bought Harleys. I, this is my seventh Harley. I bought one out of West Palm Beach, Florida in 92. Flew out, picked it up, rode it home. Bought another one in Scottsdale, Arizona. Flew out, picked up that one. It was a 95 Road King and rode that on a 4,500-mile loop to Sturgis and also the Laughlin River Run. So I've got a few miles under me and two wheels. Yeah, one or two. Yeah, you know, that's the way to do it is... It's it's not as cheap as a plane ticket if you pick up a new bike while you're out there, but heck, flying across the country, picking something up and riding back, that's my ultimate dream. When my kids get bigger, or if I can get a sidecar, I'm going to try that myself. But um, yeah, so what what uh, prompted you? Obviously, you were in the Coast Guard. Were you around aircraft in the Coast Guard? I worked with, I was went to boot camp in Cape May, New Jersey in 66. And by the way, my wife and I, who... I won over in December of 68, and we married then, so this December is our 50th anniversary. If it, if it wasn't for that 305. Yeah, that's right. That, I owe Honda on that one. <laughs> but uh, what was your question? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you work with uh, aircraft oh, in the yeah. Coast Guard? Is that how like this whole kind of thing coalesced in your mind? Yes. So I went to boot camp in the Coast Guard in 66 at Cape May, New Jersey. And from there, they stationed me in Muskegon, Michigan, doing search and rescue on the Great Lakes. So often we worked with, on rescue missions, the Traverse City Air Base. So they'd come down, we'd go up in their aircraft. Uh, They had Sikorsky helicopters and a few other helicopters, turbines. And so that's how I took an interest in aviation. And then my dad, previous to that, when I was much younger, was part of a Civil Air Patrol. So I'd fly with him in a uh, Piper Cub. And then he bought a 1947 Stinson Voyager, so we would fly around Niagara Falls from Buffalo, New York, and fly on down to Long Island and all that. So, And are you originally from here, or are you from the East Coast? I was born and raised in Buffalo, New York. So moving to SoCal, this is one of the hubs of motorcycle and hot rod culture. It's uh, crazy that you ended up out here, and then everything's here i mean this is a perfect uh, perfect place this is a perfect venue you you really picked a good place to have uh, a bike show and they seem really open and welcome to it um is mark also uh into motorcycles oh yeah i had another good question when i came to mark with the idea he said you know i used to ride dirt bikes when i was much much younger but i've never had a road bike or anything Tuesday before the first Bikes and Bombers, he says, come on over, I want to show you something. And there is a fat boy low that he bought with the loudest Vance and Hines downswept bikes pipes I've ever heard. And then he took a rider's course, so I went out to encourage him on, a three-day rider's course, one day in the classroom, half day on the track, the other half day in the classroom, and then the third day on the track. So really hone his riding skills. And so that bike is parked out in front, in fact. Was that was that before the very first Bikes and Bombers? Or was that... That was Tuesday uh, of the week of the first Bikes and Bombers. And when I showed up, before he bought the bike, and was talking to him about Bikes and Bombers, and we were, we were forging the idea... I had a 2010 Harley Dyna Wide Glide, 
And I had it parked out in front. He said, oh, let's go down and look at it. So he gets on it, send a picture of him to Judy. And uh, so Judy says, whose bike is that? And he says, I bought that. She goes, no way, you didn't buy a Harley. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, now, she, now Judy has 37 Harley T-shirts. Oh, man. At least she didn't tell me what my wife said, which I'm going to change the locks on you. So, <laughs> Right, yeah. But, yeah, no, this is great. Um, many, many more, I hope, coming up. Uh, this is my first year being here, and, I mean, the turnout. Was this the biggest one you said so far? This was the biggest one, yeah. We, I would estimate, and we're not trying for quantity over quality. We usually promote the event at things like the Huntington Beach Concours, at the Vintage Bike Meet in or, uh, Huntington Beach, uh, so the, we get a unique select group of motorcycles that show up for the show, which are pretty creative. For sure. And, I mean, the Megola that showed up, I've only ever seen one of those, up, you know, at the, uh, the museum in Solvang. You know, I've only seen one of those. So, And to see some of the caliber of the bikes out here and the bike that was just behind us, the 1923 uh, R63, I believe it was, uh, who won first place. I'm going to let this uh, gigantic American Airlines thing. Yeah, you know, motors, wheels, and planes, and anything with the, you know, anything with moving parts that makes a loud noise, this, I couldn't think of a better venue, and you, you really picked a good one. And we even have some cool, uh, air, you know, aircraft taking off behind us, and the winner got to take a buzz. Uh, well, do you know that plane that he got to go in? I, don't, I didn't see what the, uh, what make and model it was. Uh, this one? Yeah. Yeah, that's a T6 Texan, so that's a World War II trainer. So the pilots, before they get in, got into the P-51 Mustangs and the P-40 Warhawks, uh, the P-47 Thunderbolts, all those pursuit planes, they started their training in these. Yeah, every, everything I look at, I just say that looks like either a, a P-40 or a P-51 to me. I don't have any idea. So that was a really cool-looking plane. And, yeah, the winner, if you, uh, if you show up here next year and uh, you have a really nice, I mean, these, your bike, the ones that won this year were really, really good, you uh, could win yourself a little few laps out there in, uh, in a P, uh, well, in a Texan trainer. But, um, yeah, this is an, an amazing event. And, Dana, every year, is it around the same time? Do you, do you have dates for next year? Typically, it's the fourth Saturday in August. But Mark is involved with the Pebble Beach Concours d'Elegance, which they moved up a week this month. And so we had to move our event up a week. But next year, it'll probably be back to the fourth week in August. Perfect. And then, uh, yeah, come on down. It's at the Lion Air Museum. Um, I can't even tell you the, the 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 planes in here are just awesome, and I I don't know why I love uh, looking around at some of this old stuff. You know, it's just it reminds you of a, a time when things were <laughs> a lot hairier, to say the least, to to fly in and ride in, and they got a great uh, bunch of vintage motorcycles to go along with the uh, the vintage warplanes. They have two motorcycles that were previously owned by Steve McQueen. There's a Panther 600cc bike, which was restored by Von Dutch. And then there's a 1911 Harley with a sidecar. These airplanes, when you look at this B-17 bomber, this four-engine bomber, the massive plane that it was, the pilots back in World War II were 19 and 20 years old. They had just gotten their driver's licenses, and here they're captaining these planes in Europe or in the Pacific Theater 
flying these things under fire at 30, 40,000 feet, freezing at 20 below zero. And these guys were heroes. Yeah, I think there's a few of them in the house today. And, uh, and seeing the tail gun on this massive beat, like this thing is massive. I, I couldn't imagine letting a, a teenager jump in, <laughs> behind the, in the cockpit, you know, and just guns all over it. And, you know, the amount of uh, maturity that you must have gained after just a couple times in the air with people trying to knock you out of it is just it's just incredible. And, yeah, some of the guys are here uh, today, I think, that uh, piloted some of these things. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the museum ha- has a website. It's www.lionairmuseum.org, and it's L-Y-O-N. And you can sign up for mission briefings, so you get email blasts on up-and-coming events, because they do events all year. They also rent the facility out for events that somebody might want to do a wedding or a corporate event. They'll move the planes out, and they'll have it all catered in. It's a perfect venue for that with all the planes and the glass and... The huge hangar that it is. They currently are doing the vintage racing car show. So there's Dan Gurney's two of his previous bikes, or correction, uh, race cars, Indy cars. There's also Carol Shelby's personally owned Shelby Cobra, and a couple of Porsches, 356 series, uh, very rare Alfa Romeo, and each plane the plane boss the plane but each uh, display they really go through great effort to get all the facts right and then have a poster so you can read and understand what you're looking at and the significance of it yeah, for sure. When I when I saw the Alfa Romeo, I actually from from over here, I thought it was a Ferrari, and then I got closer and I thought, oh, Alfa Romeo, that's crazy. And yeah, I mean, there's a Porsche Speedster here, like you said. There's a there's a couple uh, Cobra over there and a couple of Dan Gurney's cars. It's just it's an amazing venue, and I have to say, you guys did a bang up job of putting it on and attracting a lot of bikes here. So, thank you. I'll probably be back next year. So, I want to introduce you to a guy that does the vintage bike meet in Orange County. Because that's the second Sunday of every month, starting at 2 o'clock and goes to 4 o'clock. And a lot of the bikes that you see here gather there. And then they have a People's Choice Award. So Yeah, let's mosey over here. All right, so Dana led me over here and introduced me to a fellow named Joe, and I noticed he's got a Costa Mesa Speedway shirt on, 50 years of Costa Mesa, go baby. And uh, Joe, you apparently organize a bike event down here in, in uh, Orange County. That's correct. I run VintageBikeOC.com, and we have a bike meet once a month on the second Sunday from 2 to 4 in Huntington Beach. Nice. And I noticed... Actually, we got a little air traffic behind us. I did. I've noticed it uh, in a lot of events pages in local Los Angeles area, you know, calendars that try to promote events. I just started seeing it pop up a lot, and I thought this is a, a monthly thing. This isn't like a once a year one of these big shebangs. This is happening every month. What type of stuff do you guys focus on, uh, and what type of stuff happens at the uh, monthly event? 
Well, we don't focus on any single brand, and our brands are all over the all over the map. We get everything from vintage Harleys and Indians to Japanese bikes and uh, European bikes, English bikes, a lot of Triumphs, a lot of BMWs. Um, I personally am a Japanese guy. I got Kawasaki's and Hondas. And um, so it's all over the map, and it depends on what shows up on the, any given Sunday. Right. And do you have a, do you pick a winner for the, is it like a show or people's choice, or you, you judge by class or anything? Yeah, it's a people's choice. Um, the meet goes from 2 to 4 in the afternoon, and I put numbers on the eligible bikes that are 30 years old or older. And if you can only win once, so if you've won before, you're ineligible to win again. But we put numbers, and usually there's about 30 bikes in the running for people's choice, and then everybody there votes. So it's whatever people like. If it's a 73 Honda that, you know, that they like because they had one as a kid, or a, you know, 1919 Indian because it's just cool, you know. Right. Yeah, and Dana told me actually a Honda 305 is responsible for him uh, getting married. He said he uh, stole his wife away from his buddy who had a Honda CL 160 or something. He got a 305. So <laughs> never, uh, never uh, underestimate the power of those vintage Japanese motorcycles. That's right. But so you guys got race bikes. Uh, you know, everyday commuters, old, vintage, whatever shows up, huh? Whatever shows up. Eugene Garcine, who won today with his BMW, has won six times. Every time he comes down from Hollywood with one of his bikes, he usually wins. They're showstoppers. Nice. But, and, and where does it take place? Where do you do the event? It takes place at the corner of Brookhurst and Garfield at Castaneda's Mexican food it's the it's online at vintagebikeoc.com and you can get maps and directions it's easy to find and uh come down for the bike stay for the food (laughs) so all right well hey thank you so much i'm gonna get out of here i'm gonna head over to oc uh harley davidson but man what a great venue and uh i'm gonna i might come down uh next month and check out yours too so or is it coming up this next week no no it's a month away we had a meet last sunday okay so great maybe uh next month i'll cruise down here it'll be an excuse to get out and ride my old pile of junk down to see what i can see (laughs) so thank you so much and we'll talk to you later great thank you very much all right well that concludes our time here at the lion air museum let's get back into the studios at creative writing headquarters and yes i will ride my pile of junk down there one of these times to check out the vintage oc bike night happens every month so i'm gonna go check it out we mentioned it also in our uh events and i'm glad i put those at the beginning because now we can say good night and uh, get out of here let's get back in with wigs wigs (laughs) <laughs> okay. All right, Wigs. Well, hey, that's our show for tonight. And uh, God dang, Wigs, it's so good having you back. And I hope you're back next week. It actually feels good to be back. We'll, yeah. We'll have to next week, maybe. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we'll see. If we'll not, see. Uh, I, may me, call, week, I may call you next week. Yeah, next, next week, week is the 115th uh, anniversary yeah. of Harley Davidson. It's also the 100th, 140th uh, show. So great. Yeah. Great. Sounds good. Um, and I'm going out, so I would be in town, but I'm going out early. So there's a race on Wednesday at a fair uh, about 40 minutes out of Milwaukee. Yeah. So since my dad's the one driving the bikes, he's like, oh, I'll get him out there a day early if you want. So nice. he's uh, he's taking off a day early from here. 
And then, um, so I was like, well, screw it. So I took one more day off work and I fly out Tuesday night. Right. Um, and You're going to give him a ride in your grandpa's Plymouth while he's out? I don't know. He, cool. uh, he's riding his Goldwing out though. So he told me, he's like, Tight. we should take it out for a ride. Tight. Speaking of Goldwings, dude, you would be pretty stoked at this when I was at Cerberus. I didn't talk about it last week. Uh, Dave has a, like a 78, 1100 Goldwing, mm-hmm. uh, or 79. And he was, we were just blabbing about it. It's so, it looks so clean. And he put a friggin' fairing from like a Yamaha, I don't know, FJ something on the front. And it almost looks factory. It looks better than the big giant Aspen Cade fairings that yeah. came a few years later. Cause we were talking about that when they finally fared them. But I was like, dude, Wiggins would have totally dig this naked Goldwing. It's been, he did it. So he totally did it perfect and clean and uh yeah dude the thing just looks so rad and uh it's 1100 you know what i'm saying like it's a old naked 1100 that's yeah. that's uh, been fully restored so yeah he's rad dave's a dave's a pretty cool dude and uh we're gonna probably meet up with him later um chris already knew before i even said anything he already knew where he went so <laughs> uh he he's lives on but i i haven't heard anything since uh yesterday so i don't know if they got their shop cleaned out and all that but uh, i guess we'll find it find that out on uh, another time and when we run into him uh anyway wigs anything else you got going on that's it, it any, for any now, cool sign remember ask wigs a-s-k-w-i-g-g-z at gmail.com yep or creative writing podcast at gmail.com wigs on instagram is wig zero nine um, the letter, the number nine at the end. Yeah, spell out zero. Spell out zero. Weirdo. But the number nine, and don't put because oh, I'm a weirdo. Just at wig zero nine. <laughs> yeah. And uh, or field initiative knives with some underscores in between. Uh, yep. All one word. Oh, on that one. oh yeah, that's right. So field initiative knives on Instagram and uh, check out some good stuff. And if you want to check us out, you can check us out on Twitter. Um, send all your hate mail to. Um, <laughs> Someone else. I won't say any any accounts, but uh, yeah, if you want to check us out on Twitter, we're creative underscore writer, and on Instagram, creative writing podcast, and all that great stuff. Check out our Facebook page where we can post events and all that great stuff, and share them from other people without having to go through a whole process of copying and pasting and all this and that. And then, uh, yeah, we'll catch you, we'll catch you next week. And you guys, you guys better have a challenge for us. You guys better have something cool coming up. That's our challenge that, for our, you guys yeah, to have a challenge. Our challenge is for you to have a challenge. And if you can't think of one, uh, we get it. Um, I've got a couple in mind. It's and, surprisingly hard. We failed a couple times. Yeah. I yeah. had some I thought were great and then <laughs> failed with them. Yeah. So it's harder than it, than it sounds, but I do have some great ones for travel and stuff like that. And we'll hammer them out and before next episode. And, uh, yeah. Catch you guys on the flip. You got any cool sign offs? That's it. Uh, the event that I went to was, um, it was crazy. I don't think they're made in Indiana because they're in Goshen. Yeah. Which isn't too far out of my hometown. No, it's Goshen, Indiana. Oh, okay. Pimping out bikes there. This dude on a Goldwing, him and his wife uh, pulled up on this Goldwing and it had a sidecar and it had AC in it. I remember New Goshen better no yeah well there's new goshen old goshen okay. and goshen no 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 i remember it new goshen yeah that was right outside of the hoat it was not amazing oh yeah goshen is way up um by elkhart north of fort wayne but i don't think they're made there it's like because my diabetes pills hmm 
because that's the town. <laughs> Let me see here. It looks like uh, yeah, yeah, Goshen. Yeah, but I, they're not made there. The motors, the motors aren't made there, but it's just a couple. I think it's like eight dudes that run this company. It could be, and they uh, they just make them. That's why they don't make very many of them. And they're only when you zoom in and it says Goshen College and Walmart Supercenter is the only the first two yeah. things that come up. That gives you an idea how big the town is. Yeah, well, that's it. That's the whole town. I think they work out behind Walmart. Yeah, <laughs> they steal electricity from Walmart. They probably share a building with Walmart Supercenter. Yeah, Janice. Uh, it was actually Anus. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to check out the show, go to www.creative-writing.com on the internet or uh, head over to Patreon if you want to support the show financially. Patreon.com forward slash creative writing. Throw us a couple bucks. Uh, we'll enter you in some cool, depending on your level of donation, we'll enter you in a couple things. There's a couple different tiers there. Go check it out on uh, Patreon.com and I uh, hope you have a great weekend. Later, Tater.